Hey everybody, if you are tuned in, welcome to Saturday Night Live with myself and David Bailey. Uh, stoked to bring you guys an alternative to the announcing, no disrespect to Feld or Ricky or the guys in the booth, but uh, we thought we could bring a different perspective and, and um, we thought it'd be fun to just hang out and, and go over yeah. the race ourselves, right? Yeah, it's been a while. I haven't seen one here in a couple of years and it's been 20 or so before since I did the last one. So this is a great season to look forward to. There's so many guys very deep field you got guys that can win so we've been kind of sitting here chatting and just uh going over some of the riders and what we thought might might be going on um just looking at some of these key players you know there was a stat that came out this week 84 percent of the races last season were won by three guys roxon yep. uh, webb and tomac do you think we're going to see that trend continue i mean there's a lot of guys you and i were both watching uh, malcolm stewart during time qualifying and he looks good he looks lean yes he looks aggressive Definitely a new guy, huh? Yeah, he's way more animated on the bike. And Sexton was fast. Uh, you got guys that haven't won yet. It's a little bit like it was when I was racing in, in the early 80s where you had the veterans that were trying to get a Supercross championship or more race wins before their retirement. And you had the new guys coming in, but everybody was fast at the same time. So the, the talent level was pretty deep. I'm seeing the same thing again. I think there's going to be more than a few winners. I think so, too. I think you're going to definitely see some guys sneaking in there. You know, the early chatter at the test track down at the Star Racing Yamaha facility was that Ferrandis was maybe not quite as comfortable as Eli was. Eli adapted very quickly. He loves the bike. He's flying. Um, and Ferrandis was, was not quite there yet. And that, that surprised me. I thought, coming off the summer that he had, this guy's probably got so much confidence. He's comfortable on the bike. They just have to kind of shift the gearing and suspension over to Supercross, and that's a pretty easy adjustment. Yeah. Does that surprise you to hear that? A little bit, but what I take from it is that perhaps his ambition and what he expects is a lot more than what we've seen, and what we've seen looks pretty good. He won a couple of 250 titles in the Supercross, backed it up with a lot of pressure, and then he moved up to 450s, and he's already winning. So, And then Tomac wants to go over there to that team. So I'm thinking uh, they got it going on over there, and I'm, I'm looking for Eli and Ferrandis probably to feed off each other a little bit, and that team seems to have the leeway to do whatever they like, um, where some other factories, they may be a little bit more limited. So I wouldn't be surprised if they did sort of a Bailey Johnson thing like we did in 86 and are just really a force to be reckoned with. And we talked about that a little bit earlier, too. Some of these factory teams, notably Yamaha, if you go back prior to the star racing effort on the 450 program, factory Kawasaki, it seems like they're very stuck into their box mm -hmm. and it's for whatever reason whether it's political or management just thinks this is the direction to go they don't give their riders a lot of leeway to try things they may want to try if it's outside of what they want to do mm -hmm. and star racing is is uh, kind of gone the other direction yeah what do you guys want if you want to try something let's do it i don't care what it costs i don't care what hoop i've got to jump through if that's what the riders want they get it you know and they at least get to try it um i think that's led to a lot of success. Yeah, I think it's a, a winning combination because they just look at what has been successful. Okay, let's go after that and let's get it. Let's get that on our team and let's get those people. Let's get that land. Let's get that facility. Let's try that. And it seems to have worked so far. And Eli wants to go over there. And again, I, I just think that I know what it was like when I was at Honda with Johnny and then they hired Rick Johnson. I was like, hey, we need to we don't want Rick to just come in here and start winning and be the guy. Mm -hmm. I mean, it'd be great. He's on our team and all, but 
I felt threatened by Rick coming in. And I'm wondering how Ferrandis feels by Eli coming in. Is he glad about that? Or is he thinking, well, I still want to be the guy, though? And that's great he's here, but I just think that energy and the competitiveness that's going to be under one tent and the fact that they have the freedom, it seems like, under Bobby Reagan that's running that operation, he's like, we want to win all the races. He's not like, well, we want to win here and there. You know, we want to be realistic. No, he doesn't sound like he wants to be realistic at all. He wants to win everything. He's yeah. got two guys that can do it. Hey, as we get started, folks, if there's a lag going on between what the broadcast is showing and our audio, just try to pause. If you're watching on the Peacock app, you should be able to pause it and pick it back up. We'll give you some cues uh, as to what we're seeing on the TV so you're syncing up the audio with what the video is. Uh, we've got Chase Sexton up right now here going through some of his stats. Now, that kid has got a technique, and I'm curious to get your take on this because I made a comment earlier, I think it was on a column that I wrote about, there's some guys who are just pretty to watch or fun to watch, and there's guys who have flawless technique, and some guys can have both, but they're two separate things. Mm -hmm. Some guys are pretty Absolutely. to watch, but maybe their racing technique isn't always perfect. Um, I think Chase Sexton is a guy, though, that for me is really pretty to watch ride. And I cannot find a chink in his armor when it comes to technique. He looks just very quiet, very calm on the bike. His elbows are always in the perfect position. His feet are always where they need to be. Uh, and I think, you know, he had a couple of big crashes last year. I don't think that's so uncommon for a rookie. Right. Um, but I think once he sort of puts all the pieces together, he, he could be a guy that goes on a run. Yeah, I, I relate to him a little bit. I was at Honda. I was also number 23. And, you know, I had a lot of... To look at, you know, guys that were on the team that had already accomplished a lot, like what Roxon has. And Roxon has won here three times as well. Although Barsh has won three in a row, Roxon has won this race three times. So he knows how to handle pressure. He knows how to go fast. And Sexton gets to see that and learn real quick. So he seems to be on a, he got to the 450s really quick, did well. And I'm impressed by his technique in that. It, I can relate to it. He's, he's, like you said, he's in the right place always. He's, he holds pretty still. He's not yeah. real animated. Very he's quiet. a little bit like Bale, kind of. So technically, he's, he's dialed, but he might need to get a little bit ugly here and there in order to beat somebody like Ferrandis, who's really going to fight for it, or Tomac when he's on fire, or Roxon when he's having a fantastic night. He might have to get out of that just a tad. That's what I had to do to beat Johnson yeah, or Hannah. I had to get uncomfortable and get a little squirrely once in a while and be okay with it. That's an interesting uh, line that you've got to walk, right? Because... Look at Ferrandis. Moves up to that 450, and he, his Supercross season last year, I would say, was just all right. It wasn't mm -hmm. phenomenal. Um, but when he went outdoors, man, he took off. Yeah. And there was times where he was coming through the pack, he had gotten a bad start or whatever it was, and he was off, you know, flapping off the back of that yeah. bike a little bit at times. It didn't always look really pretty. Right. But, man, he was going to the front, and he kept it on two wheels. He was able to ride that ragged edge, push it a little bit, but still stay on it and get it. Yeah, and I mean, look at, there's this guy, Carmichael. He was pretty fast. Yeah, yeah. He, he, <laughs> he was hanging off the bike before but that. But would you say had, technically, see, to me, he's a guy who, who his technique wasn't always amazing. Yeah, but I, you look at Dylan, and, and uh, he is aggressive, mm -hmm. and he's strong enough, and he's got Villeman in his corner to give him some advice, and he's going to take that, but then he's also, his instincts are going to come out, and he's going to get squirrely if he needs to, to get up to where he feels like he deserves to be or is planned on being. And that's what Carmichael could do. That's what Rick Johnson could do. That's what Hannah could do. There's being perfect, and, you know, there's there's not that many bails. 
but there were some other guys that you know you can start to name that could be squirrely and still win. And I think Ferrandez he fits into that category a little bit. So it's interesting you bring that up. We we just finished wrapping up a whiskey throttle show with Travis Pastrana. It's going to air in a couple of weeks. We'll, we'll keep you guys posted on that. But he mentioned that exact thing. Yeah. He said I was always able to go as fast as I needed to go. Mm-hmm. He goes and I'd I'd find the line where I was perfectly comfortable going this speed. I knew I could do it for 20 laps. But then if I needed to go past that line, I could. I just knew that yeah. the odds started going down that I was going to stay on two wheels. Yeah, it's hard to make it through a season like that. It's very hard. But very few people can do that. I know for me, I would hit a limit. And I'd be like, if I go any faster or push any harder, I will crash. And yeah. so for me, I, would, I was not good at taking those chances. <laughs> I wasn't either. You know? And I worked really hard at, at trying to get uncomfortable. And, I mean, I practiced trying to get squirrely. Like, my dad would say, hey, have you overshot this corner yet? No. Well, why not? And so I would try to overshoot stuff and get squirrely on purpose to try to learn how to do that. And it's, it, it's not... It's not it, easy. No, if it's not your natural thing, then it's going to be really hard to try to bring that on board. Well, we've got the first 250 heat about to go here. They're on the line. Our uh, 32nd board person is out in front of the start straight. They look a lot better than they did in our day. With, it was the old uh, bearded guy in the yeah. anime stripe deal with the cigarette, probably. Yeah, it's the whole thing. Look at the gear. The guys' bikes, the helmets, everything looks really nice. It's just gotten so much more dialed in over the years. This is my guy for the win. 30-second cards up. I, I'm a big Moseman fan. Cards sideways. And uh, for timing purposes, the gate is down right now. Let's see who we got. Hard to see here with the TV. Christian Craig, is that Christian up there? Or is that Colt? That looks like Colt in second. Riding a fresh track. See all the tractor marks out there. This is this is where you can just go anywhere. And a few laps from now, you're going to start seeing ruts developing. Yeah, this was always this was never my uh, my favorite part of the night because everybody could go fast. If you were the very first heat, you know they're smearing the track even with the tractors, so. There's no ruts, no bumps. Uh, it took a lot of the technicality out of it, which made it a fun track to ride. But if you know, if you were in a pack, everyone's going the same speed. Yeah, and typically it's a really fast first heat, and you you try to you look at the time of your heat versus the overall time of of uh, their heat. They're usually the first heat's fast. Yeah, and so, you also got to protect that inside. But so far, everybody's being pretty kind to one another. Like. Usually when the track's that fresh, you can just run it in on somebody on the inside, but I haven't seen anyone take advantage of that yet. So this is Vince Freezy out front. He dropped down to the 250 class this year, and I, was, I thought that was an interesting take because he has done really well on the 450. He's always a guy that's making mains. He's right about around that top 10 spot, and he's a great rider. And I thought, man, oh, this could be a mistake for him, but he's proven me wrong. Running out front right now, looking good. He's got the East Coast champ right on his heels at Seth Hammaker behind him. Chris Blow still in Schwartz, who has uh, uh, made a lot of noise last year. I'm curious to see how he can step up this season. And then uh, Michael Moseman behind them. So Colt is starting to feel pressure now from Hammaker. It's bothering him just enough to where he's like, okay, it's time to go. So you see he's taking a couple looks up the inside, but Freezy is so seasoned and experienced. And see there? He just knew exactly where to go. So those guys can't really get a run at him. You see that timing, right? Like 
if you're watching close, as he came over the finish line, you could see him just glance right a little bit, spot where Colt was, and and, and time his pace into that turn so Colt couldn't dive under him. Yeah, that's seasoned experience right there. You yeah, now you got Colt, and he's sort of flustered, like, man, I've. I oh. thought I had him, Jeez. but now he's more worried about what's going on behind him than he is about trying to get around Freezy. And that's that's Freezy just being solid, real experienced, and knowing just how fast to go. And he's he knew right there, he sensed probably that he can go wide right there and get a run at those whoops. What's your take on this track, DP? Uh, just the little bit we've been watching today and, and seeing it now groomed and, and fresh. It, it seems like it's very tight. There's some, you know, that kind of corkscrew turn around the middle there. And the turn after it, it's, it's sort of, it wants to take you to the inside to protect it, but if yeah. you do, you don't get around the whoops. Yeah, I think I we're think gonna see some big block passes there. Especially the first laps of the, the main events. You know, you're, I don't think, if you get the lead, you're gonna have the luxury of being able to go out wide and get that run. So it just kind of log jams everything. But see, Colt now, he's, he's getting a little bit irritated, I think. He's gonna drive down the inside right here. See that? Oh, man, he jumped in deep. Got yeah. it. That was pretty. It was clean. He had that planned all the way back. You could tell he's like, all right, that's enough of that. And then Hammaker goes right for it, too. I'm, I'm anxious to see how big Seth Hammaker can step up this year. He, he impressed me last season. Oh, look at this. There it is. That's, that's what exactly we're talking about. what I was talking about. Yeah, see, then, it, then they're both going slow, and then here, here comes, comes Yep, and Colt's getting away. So it's corners like that. There's a couple of them that uh, I think are going to really be interesting tonight, depending on – what kind of a battle you've got. If you're out front and you want to go wide like that to get a run and you got a guy right behind you like Barsha or somebody, you just can't do that. You know, and if it's one guy behind you, you know, you can go wide into that turn, watch, you know, kind of peek over your shoulder, and you can see if they're going to dive bomb you, then you just cut under them, and now you can gap them. But if there's multiple riders, you're not going to have that luxury. Yeah, so that's look going to be an interesting turn all night long. Colt's got almost that whole straightaway on these guys now. So Mosman, smart, quick work. And he did it the exact same pass Colt did. Yep, and he didn't need to get nasty, and he tripled out of that. So that was a fast rhythm. That's not easy to do, to get out of that corner and hook that. So Seth Hammaker, super nice kid. I got to meet him a little bit here at our Ryder Cup golf tournament that we did. He came out and played with us. Uh oh Colt's oh. down. Wow, he's under the bike. Oh, man. He's not looking good. Looks like his visor was gone. That, that rattled him. Those whoops are huge. I watched a, like a track walk uh, video this, this afternoon with Brock Glover, and he was talking about how big those were. They're 13 feet from peak to peak and three feet deep, and there you can see what happens if you don't get it running across the top of them nice and smooth. Yeah, and that's the set that was, uh, looked like giving people trouble earlier today, so I hope Colt's okay. That's not, not good when they move the bike off him and he still doesn't move right away. So one thing you can tell here is that Mosman didn't get the greatest start but he was able to just pick his way through and people make mistakes. It's the first rounds, riders are nervous and pushing hard. And Colt, perhaps, you know, when you have pressure like that and like he had earlier, um, your focus is a little bit higher. And then as soon as he had a little bit of a lead, perhaps he relaxed just a tad and that's all it takes is just a tiny lapse in concentration. Your front wheel misses the top of one of those whoops and hits most of the next one and down you go. Yeah, rather than just staying on the tops, as soon as your, your trajectory starts to dip down, up and down, it's not good. Big fan of this new wheel look. This is Method Race Wheels, which is a, a, a truck and van wheel company. I've uh, been a sponsor of the Troy Lee Designs team for a long time. And, uh, 
Uh, they want to dive into the motorcycle wheel space. They've been playing with it. These aren't available to the public just yet, but sure a cool looking concept from that company. Yeah, it looks good. It's very noticeable. I noticed on a Barsha and Mosman's looking good. Oh, hammocker getting sideways, come out of that corner. So it's that time of night where the moisture is starting to come up. And when you get on the gas early and that shiny stuff, that's what happened. The back end can get away from you. So you've really got to be patient. Yeah, those rims look good. I think that's just going to oh. open the floodgates. Look at him. He's turning through the whoops going around lap riders. Yeah, I, I think so too. They're really doing a cool. Troy's always good at He's got such a good eye for, for style. I mean, design, obviously. Mosman looking solid here. He's really smooth. He hasn't had to do anything, you know, like to, to make his passes. He's able to do it clean. Just drop down on the seat right there to get through that corner, keep his feet up, and get a good run at the whoops. It's all looking good. And earlier, the only guy that was able to go faster than him in the practice sessions was Craig coming up in the next heat. And each time Craig would throw down a fast lap, Mosman would come back and top it. So it could come down to those two guys tonight. It definitely could. You know, I always just go back to last season, and as long as a guy doesn't have an injury in the off season, you see kind of what they did, how they finished the Nationals. And a lot of time, if they're, if they're on a run-up, like he was, if you, if you paid attention to the last few Nationals, uh, from Millville and then again at Paula, he damn near won Paula. Yeah. He was on the gas, and he just started to, you know, put it together, build that confidence. He had a good off-season. Will Hahn's been that uh, team trainer now all season, and those guys are having fun, doing good, hard work, and... And I know they're happy with the motorcycles, so I'm curious if this is his season to, to step up and get some wins. Looks really good so far. He looks really comfortable out there. and That's too bad for Colt Nichols. And uh, getting called over from the East Coast to the West. And here's oh. another look at what happened. Oh, yeah. His oh. front wheel missed one. Oh. <sighs> yeah, that's pretty rough. Dang it. I hope he's all right. Sending out good vibes to Colt here. He's going to need it. Oh, when that bike hits you, that's the, at least the exhaust isn't on. I'd say if there's one positive note, at least he's not getting burned. Uh, hey, as we cut to break here, I want to just mention, we've got a few sponsors that have come on to support this program, starting with Yamaha. Uh, those guys have been such a fantastic company to work with for our show. And, and then here again, just making great motorcycles, the whole Blue Crew program. If you're somebody going to amateur nationals, uh, whether it's contingency or support at the races, those guys do an awesome job. They're still promoting, they're, they're putting out the best four-stroke bikes if you're looking at professional racing, you're looking at shootouts, they're winning everything. They're making two-strokes and making improvements with those, which is the only Japanese company still doing that. Uh, their side-by-sides are phenomenal. The new Superjet is amazing. I got to ride that thing last summer, so um, great products. Check out uh, all, all that they've got to offer down at your local Yamaha dealer. Also, Matrix Concepts. Uh, you know Eddie Cole probably pretty well, yeah? yeah? Did yeah. he race back in your day? Uh, I came in just after he did, but okay. he was stylish. I think he rode Bull Tacos, and, and uh, one of my first sponsors I ever had was, was his. I ran his silencer and handlebars. What was the company back then? Um, Answer Products. Okay. Yeah, 1980. I, I rode the Unadilla GP on a completely stock Kawasaki, but I had an aluminum Answer Products silencer and nice. gold handlebars. Yeah. So Eddie, Eddie Cole's the owner. Uh, he started this, and he and his son run Matrix Concepts, and it's it's a really cool company. Basically, all the things that you need uh, to, to go racing. So from tie-downs, folding ramps, fuel cans. they got a, I don't know why no one else has thought of this before. They have a fuel can where the spigot comes out the side. So instead of having to, like, feed the nozzle in as you're yeah, tipping it up. Um, it's just, you know, those guys are just good at making a better mousetrap. Bike stands, bike mats, easy-ups, toolboxes, chairs, 
umbrellas. I mean, they got all kinds of stuff over there. Uh, get over uh, at Matrix Concepts on Instagram, or you can go to their website, matrixracingproducts.com. Uh, great company, great stuff. Uh, SKDA Moto is another supporter of the program here. And uh, if you guys haven't noticed, they're coming in hot this year, sponsoring so many teams. Firepower Honda, the Motul AJE JSR Motorsports team, Twisted T Suzuki, the Muckoff Club MX Yamaha team, All South AEO Fly team, WPS Rocky Mountain ATV MC KTM team, AEO KTM Rock River Yamaha. They're sponsoring all of them with graphics. Um, so a lot of cool stuff going on over there. Amazing designs. Those guys have really changed the game and the norms. Uh, so look at them uh, on Instagram. It's at skda.moto. You can look up, up their uh, products online as well. And then finally, Class X. This is our buddy uh, Grant, who runs a, a bunch of events up in the Pacific Northwest, uh, Montana, Idaho, Washington. And he's got a race coming up that I'm actually going to try to make. It's called the 500 Nightmare Race. Uh, kind of tags on to the 125 Dream Race thing. You know, He's a big proponent of just grassroots racing, a lot of two-stroke stuff. He loves it. Uh, he, I think he's good buddies with that Ricky Rogue guy. Yeah. You know a little bit about him. Uh, but anyway, it's at the Fossil Bowl in Clarkia, Idaho. I haven't been there since 1986, one of the coolest tracks I've ever been to. Uh, and I'm going to try to make it back this July 16th and 17th to, to make that event. So if anybody's in that area or, or thinking of uh, going to some fun races this summer, put that on your bucket list. It's pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, Grant puts on a great event. The two-stroke stuff is fun. The, the racing is fun. It's racing, but... I've been to a couple of them, and it's just a relaxed atmosphere. It's just a good time. He's hilarious, too. Well, this doesn't look great, seeing uh, Colt in the back of the mule here. You just see him, as we talked about, you can't miss one, and he right. just missed that one with his, his, his second front wheel. His front yeah, wheel. missed the second one, hit a bunch of it, and then he was just, he couldn't get free. He, yeah. he, if you, you want to jump through and get free from the bike, but he's still connected. He could see where he's going to land, which probably wouldn't have been that bad, but the bike hit him so hard. Yeah, I mean, he tried to hold on through the you know, third and fourth whoops there. You've got to make a decision, right? Like either bail off and, yeah. and grab for a tough block. It all happened so fast for him. That's <laughs> it, really too bad. It does happen fast. How well do you know Michael? I just met him and his brother. Went and spoke, and uh, they were there and did a little skit. And he just looks like he's having fun always. And yeah. it, it's a little bit like what Barsha is, is one of his teammate there at Gas Gas. They're just having a good time. And um, I wasn't sure how good he was going to do to get to this level. I thought he's going to be a guy that's always up there in the top five. But man, he's proven he can win. Plus, he's proven he can get aggressive if he needs to be. And right there, he was just flawless. He didn't get the start, but he carved his way right to the front. A little bit of luck with Colt going down, but it seemed like he was had a beat on him anyway. I think it would have been a fun race yeah. uh, had, had Colt not gone down. I think he was coming up to him. Who knows what would have happened. But. Yeah, brand new team. They got a year under their belt and um, looking good so far. Uh, let's hope Colt can get, get back together and uh, get himself into that LCQ. I like this first turn, you know, because... Um, it's really short. What do you think of that? Yeah, I mean, it, well, it puts a lot of emphasis on that first 10 feet. Yeah. You know, you've got to, not only to get the reaction, but you've got to do everything just right. And then the, the fact that it's a big sweeper, you know, I think that's, that's a good thing to keep it safe, keep everybody moving smooth. That wasn't smooth. 
<laughs> yeah, this is a, another unfortunate, you know, this always happens, start of the season, we have a few guys go down. And uh, What do you think of this crash with Jet? Like, it just seemed like... Maybe he was a little bit relaxed when he came out of that right-handed bank corner there, and so he didn't sit down and, and compress and rebound all that just right. Yeah. He got in there a little bit late, and was that's what's going to happen. It's just going to buck you like that. He did the right thing and jumped through the bars, but, you know, he right into the face of the next jump. Mm. That's too bad. Yeah, and this is another one of our, uh, our losses here this season. Justin Cooper broke his foot, so... Um, at first, I thought he was just getting bumped to the other coast, but it sounds like the fracture is pretty significant. He might miss Supercross altogether, which is a bummer. And Craig, again, you, you were talking about lap times earlier on. He's been the fastest guy all day long, but this is sort of his MO. He, he is always the fastest guy in practice. See what kind of reaction down. he gets. It was a little bit late. Is that Carson Mumford? Yeah. But smart, he, he had controlled the inside, Craig. Whoa, back in got away from him a little bit right there, oh. but that was Hunter, couldn't get over that first jump. You see him look over, and that's terrifying. When you can't terrifying. do the jump you want to do. Oh, Jalik Swall's down. Bike's wide open. Yeah, that's, just, that's a sketchy feeling. It, and the bike's running wide open, too. See if the flagger can oh, don't grab the clutch. Up, yeah, grab the clutch. Yeah, when you can't do a, a jump rhythm right off the start and you start looking beside you hoping you're not going to get landed on, that, that's a terrible feeling. But Craig, doing what he does, he gets out front, he's doing everything just right, here's another look. Uh-oh. Uh, oh, no. Oh, that was ugly. Yeah, he knew all the way through the air. You could see him anticipating it, he's putting his leg out. Oh, got it. So this is one thing I hate about... And that thrasher definitely moved right to left. That's yeah. There was nothing he could do about that. He just was it. trying to figure out, do I, should I put my leg out? But he had to. He I've had, had to. that happen to me. That's one thing I, about today's riding technique, everybody scrubbing so much. You know, we didn't really have to deal with that in no. my era or yours. It was, Jeremy kind of ushered in the minimizing technique where you sort of absorb the bike and let off the throttle and, and try to push forward rather than go up. Obviously, Stewart brought in the scrub, and now you got guys going off every single jump, throwing it one way or the other. So that's a whole other thing you've got to account for as a guy who's right behind somebody now. Yeah, and it, you definitely don't want to have somebody do it in front of you. And they're, you know, it, that was uh, it's the kind of thing where you get in the 250 class and you get some new guys coming in. They don't have that kind of experience to know, hey, hold your line, you know. And it, you, you have to know who you're riding with and to know whether to go for stuff or not based on the experience of that guy. And that's why I think in NASCAR they have the bumpers or the rookies. You, there's no way to really know right here. There's Hunter down. That's too bad. So he went from third. He's going to be way back. Now that was that turn, that tight, awkward turn we were watching earlier where you loop around that corkscrew and hit it. I don't, I, my guess is he got punted there because I can't see him just tipping over in a turn by himself. Oh, they're pulling the red flag. Well, uh, it's got to be for Swole. Gosh, rough start to the series here, boys. Yeah, rhythm section like that right off the bat, it asks for trouble. And, you know, it's, it's hard to know really what to put there, maybe whoops or something instead. But when you get guys jumping different, when they're getting that much air time and you drift a little bit in the air, then that's going to happen sometimes. I hope he's okay. He knew it all the way through the air, too. That was a bummer. 
Well, it was like when he went down, he kind of landed and went right onto his head and bounced. And... Uh, your natural instinct is to get out of the way, but you got the oh, whole pack. I, I stand corrected. He did go down on his own. Well, all right. Well, good for him. He's got another chance at this start here. I think that's, did you see his head? He started to kind of take a look at the whoops and start, you know, maybe got a cart in front of the horse there a little bit. You've got to finish the corner, especially with these guys run such stiff forks to get through whoops like that, that when you get into a corner like that where it's kind of loose, you don't have the same ability to compress that front end and get it to turn and have traction. So he just lost some there and went down. That's a lot of, uh, you know, the fight back and forth with setup with forks uh, in Supercross is you, the stiffer the better in the whoops, right? But yeah. the stiffer you go, the less that thing gets traction in a turn. So then, then you, yeah, you got to be really picky about where you go in a corner because that's probably going to happen unless you go high in the corner and you get in a part of the, the berm where you know yeah. it's going to hold or you stay in a rut. And there was no rut there. No. And that's when you hear guys talking about, you know, oh, we made some changes between this practice or before the main event. There's constant adjustments being made to that type of stuff exactly. You know, maybe the whoops are knocking down and they're going to jump through them. So, okay, I don't need them as stiff, but I need more traction for the turns. I'm pushing a little bit, so they'll soften it up a little, a couple clicks. Constantly working through through settings as the day goes on because the track will change a lot. Yeah, Craig going, okay. Pretty sure I can do that again. Yeah, you can see uh, Hunter's mechanic going, <laughs> giving him, the, like, don't. It's, it's funny the the relationship you get from some mechanics. They just stay out of it and they focus on the bike and let the rider focus on that. And then you get other other times like that, like there. He's like, you see what you did there? It looked like the mechanic was trying to give him a little bit of a riding lesson. But Hunter knows what he's doing. Who did you have the best relationship with in your in your days as far as mechanic goes? Well, I, I was fortunate right off the bat to be with a guy named Paul Turner, and because he was fun and he was a really good rider. And it was, it was a good introduction to the factory level because he was able to keep me relaxed and keep it fun. And, and where I was maybe coming up a little bit short, he could make up the difference because he was so sharp, been there a long time. Was uh, that at Honda? I thought you were with Cliff White the whole time at Honda. Nope, I started out with Paul Turner. Okay. And then he left Honda and went and built these things called Rock Shocks. So oh, sharp yeah, guy. Yeah, Rock Shocks. Sharp he did guy. okay then. Yeah, real funny. So it kept things light, and it was a nice way to get into the factory scene. And then I had Cliff White for the rest of the time, and he's Golden Wrench. I forget how many times, like the most, until Gosler came along. But um, he was a little bit more serious, but so was I at the time, and we, we hit it off. And he knew what I needed, and he, you know, as far, far as rotting stuff, you know, he didn't get into my head at all about that. He, he knew I knew what I was doing. He had just made sure to put the bike under me so I could get the job done. I think it's it's so important to have a, a good relationship with your mechanic. You know, there was years that I I was best buddies with my mechanic, and it, it always gave me a kind of a more calm, relaxed feeling going to the line, that I, I had a guy that was going to battle with me, you know what I mean? And there was times where I didn't feel that connection with the mechanic, and as you get up on the start line, you feel alone. Yeah. Did you ever have that feeling? Yes. I mean, it's a... Well, there, you know, I went to the first time they ever had the Supercross in Paris at Bercy. Uh, I had Chris Haynes came over and was my mechanic. And it was just different. Yeah. Great guy. Yeah, and they can be great job. guys, but if you're not, if you don't feel like yeah, you guys are a unit together, then it's... He probably didn't know what to say to me, yeah. and I didn't know what to say to him, and I won the race, but 
it was different than having your usual guy. And then uh, for the donations, I'd get a different mechanic. And sometimes you're just more nervous around somebody. Yeah. And other times, like you said, you get so. Sometimes I would just uh, stay and drive in the box van with my mechanic. Back then, it was box vans. Yeah. So we'd drive together from week to week, or get into town early go to a Honda dealership or something and then drive out to a practice track and just get to know each other yeah, a little bit. And then by, bit. by the race, then you're just more relaxed. Yeah. So this being the season opener, I always feel like um, there's, there's a certain something to performing at the opener because there's so much buildup to it. There's so many nerves that it's the guy who can really just control those somehow or, mm -hmm. or push past them that ends up winning. And, you know, I think Barsha's obviously figured that out now. Three years in a row, he's won the yeah. season opener. Uh, you won the opener before. I've won the 125 class at an opener. And I kept telling myself this same thing was like, I would just, because I'd be so stressed out. In fact, Phil Lawrence and I would laugh because we both get cold sores when we get stressed. <laughs> and we'd roll up to the opening round and I'd look at him and it looks like a firecracker went off in his mouth. His lips were all screwed up. And, you know, I'm like, ah, oh, stressed out. Oh, he's laughing. But yeah. I finally got to a place I just said, okay, Am I going to try my best? Am I going to ride my hardest tonight? Yes, of course I am. Okay, then what are you stressing out about? That's right. the best you can do is give your best effort. Just go out there and do that and forget about the results. And well, when I could do that, that's easier said than done, but when I could, my performance was better. Yeah, when I expected to do well, uh, I'd put more pressure on myself and rush things, push a bad position, and later be like, why did it? Because I was, I got greedy, and I want to do a little something more. The first time I ever raced here at Anaheim, I won, and probably because I didn't really expect to, didn't put a lot of pressure on myself. The next year, I came back. I have that blue and yellow number one plate. You know, everyone's talking to me. All the reporters are over, you know, at my box van, and you know, what are your expectations for this year? You think you can do it again? All, and all of a sudden, you know, and instead of down walking the track or doing something else or more relaxed. It seemed like a bigger deal. I felt the pressure. I put more pressure on myself, and I screwed up. And uh, I should have won, I think. Johnny won that night, and I was happy for him. But I blew it because I, I put more pressure on myself. And so Barsha, he seems to be having a good time. Whenever you see a picture of him, he seems to be smiling. When you watch him in practice, he's whipping it. Um, and it seems to me like that's, that's the temperament that you need to just go out and have a good time. And it doesn't matter if it's raining or if it's slippery or if it's indoors or out, if it's whatever brand he's on, he always seems to be comfortable and having fun out there. When you watch him in practice just for a few laps, it's, it's hard not to smile because he, he does, tell he's just he does stuff where you're like, did you need to do all that? But it looks like he makes riding look fun. Yeah. And so when you have that attitude and that seems to be your, your natural way you go about it, then that's going to play well for the uh the big pressure events like this one hey i figured well we got a little break here and we want to send our best to jaleek swole hopefully it's uh it's just precautionary here haven't heard anything but um i hope he's doing okay but wanted to answer some of your questions on instagram if you guys want to shoot us a question go over to the whiskey throttle show page and uh just send a question here m bailey the cool i think you know who that guy is <laughs> he says do you think you can beat sexton and jaylock golf because i do <laughs> I know he's talking to you, so what do you think? I don't know. Well, hopefully I get an opportunity to go out and play with him. I, I saw Sexton. Uh, he's left-handed, I think. So am I. Uh, he, I think he golfs quite a bit. We might have, yeah. to, might have to get you guys together. 
and that technique is real important. This is from Lemon Films. He says, uh, what bike and year was your favorite in your career, and will you be doing more rounds of commentary this year? Well, if this goes okay, probably more. And uh, thanks for tuning in, whoever's tuned in. I appreciate you guys. And let's see, what year was my favorite? Hmm. First year was great, and uh, just because everything's new. Um, Which year was that? 82. 82. Yeah, first real year where I... I came to Anaheim, but I didn't get to race. I broke my foot, so I watched and then got into the season after that. But it was everything was new, exciting. You get in the tunnel and you look out into the stadium and the lights, the, the crowd. It's just like I can't believe this is really happening. You know, it's a dream, mm-hmm. and it's really tough to because the next year I had pressure. Yeah. And although I won, I, I didn't expect to win. I just was there and I was racing, unlike the year before. But. Um, it becomes a little bit more stressful, you know, after that first year. You, you get that, and then it's over, and now you got to get the job done. Yeah, for so sure. So I didn't enjoy it as much until the last year in 86 when I finally felt like, okay, I figured out how to have fun and be serious and blend that better. And right when I got comfortable, then, you know, it came to an end. But I think the first year and the last year were my favorite. So uh, Jeff Beaver wants to know, red flag question, would Swole be allowed to line up again, even with the red flag? Uh, remember, they let McAdoo do it last year. There was a big fuss about it. That's a great question, and it, I don't know that they've addressed anything or made any rule changes, but you recall last year, McAdoo goes down yeah. the heat, race gets red flagged, he gets cleared, still gets into the into the main and does well. Um, I don't know if I agree with how that went down. I don't know if that was wise. And, you, you know, I mean, since... We're talking about that. I mean, you could see that Colt Nichols took a pretty good blow and yeah. the visor was gone. So they're going to take a good look at that. And that's when you just have to trust that medical crew on, on site to make a good assessment and decide, yeah, you can go back out there or not. Yeah. And that's a tough call. It's a very tough call. It depends on what the injury, you know, like if a guy gets the wind knocked out of himself and he just can't get up for a minute because he can't breathe, but then once you're, you get that back, you're probably fine. Well, as you yeah. didn't hit your head, you've got no major injuries. I, you know, it's it's not out of the question to be cleared to go race again. And I will say, Mac, that McAdoo crash was probably questionable. Looks like they've got Jalik uh, strapped down here. He's in a C-collar, so probably complaining of some neck or back pain. Like I said, when he went down, he, he went right onto his head. So well, I was hoping for the best. For That's him. also a section that uh, I talked about seeing Brock Glover do a track walk and they walked up onto the face of that triple and he's like these things are huge yeah and from the takeoff you can't see you know where you're going you just see the crowd up in the top deck of the of the stadium and then you're in the air and you're up there a while and the guy in front of him was drifting over and uh that's a that's a rough landing on if you just come up short on your bike but to land by yourself like that. Well, and then, and then stab your foot out. It wouldn't surprise me if he hurt his knee or ankle yeah. as well. You know, It's part of it. You know, I, I hate to see it, but um, these well, guys are brave. And if you go back to, uh, was it Millville this year, where the two guys, I'm brain farting on who it even was. Maybe it was, uh, gosh, was it Cooper? Anyway, two guys scrubbed different directions, clipped yeah, tires in the air, went shooting off yeah. the track. and. That's what I see that it that makes me nervous a little bit. You get a guy like Barsha did that to Roxon some years back in, in one of 
one of the races where he didn't like the way that somebody passed him, so he just whipped it. And if somebody's back end comes across and touches your front end, it's over. Oh, it's over. And it was yeah. just an inch away from but a even, disaster. But even if your back tire hits them, it's going to send you in a different yeah. direction, a different trajectory. Got one more guy here. We'll ask her one more before we get rolling. This is JW Vaughn 66. Do you think there's even one person out there not cheering for Stank Dog? Uh, <laughs> Garrett Steinke is riding a 125 in the 250F class uh, tonight. And I believe pretty much everybody is cheering for him. If you're not, you might be a communist. Uh, <laughs> because, listen, he's really bringing a knife to a gunfight. I'm here for it. Although I will tell you, I did not see him at all. In the first heat, I don't see him in here, so he's not anywhere near the front. So let's see what happens with the start, because I always kind of look at what happens in the heat race is an indication of what's going to happen in the main. So you've got Hunter all the way on the inside, and then Craig over, not quite all the way over to the, to the center, but see who comes out. You know? I always like to be next to the box, because I feel like I, that, that was like an empty gate next to me, and I had room to to move a little bit if I needed to. If the guy to one side of me beat me, I could still go this way and get around yep. him still. You get a little bit of room, but that inside is so important. So Craig's got a little bit better angle, but the guys on the inside, if they can get in there fast enough, they can tuck it around and come out in good shape. Oh, Hunter got a good one here. Let's see. So see there, he didn't, he didn't get the start, but he comes out with it. If you're patient enough and you can hug the bales all the way around, works out just like it did for Hunter. So there. these guys are all going to be looking at that for the main. It's really tough to figure out where to line up, but you always want to look for that. This Walsh guy is taking my number. He better do it proud or I'm going to get upset. <laughs> Got Joe Shimoda in there. He he was really a, a kind of a shining star for pro circuit last year. Those guys have had a few rough seasons with injuries and guys who were sort of supposed to perform and didn't quite do it. Austin Forkner's had some struggles, and, and Joe really wow. stepped up and became the man. That's a different, Ooh. oh. Craig coming in hot. Yeah, Schmoda thought he had it made, and then kind of got surprised right there by the run that, that uh, Craig had through that whoop section. If you don't get a oh. good run at those, it, you're stuck. You just can't go through fast. You've got to come out with a lot of speed, and Craig had it. Same with those. See him blitzing across the top. So those whoops are shallow for him because he came in with so much momentum. He's only hitting about maybe six inches of those. Yeah, that's the tough part about whoops is that, you know, they, they, you always heard that from the time you got started. The faster you go, the smoother they are. And it's yeah, true, but, man, it isn't easy. No, it takes a lot of nerve. <laughs> yes, it does. But look at that, two. Well, the bigger the whoops are, the more technical they are, the better Christian's going to do because – He's technically very, very good in him. He's got long legs. He's just built to hammer whoops. So in practice earlier, Hunter kept trying to put down a hot lap, and he could never quite get a lap faster than Mosman or Craig. Here he's got an opportunity in the race situation where it, where it matters. It's perhaps a preview for the main. This You'd like to be in this position in the main. Certainly can be. And, um, you know, if, if you're Craig... Do you really want to show them where you're faster or just hang there a while? Because they don't have any pressure from third. I usually like to just kind of let the guy go for a while, and then if he gave it to me, take it. 
And, uh, but, you know, you, you don't really, if you've got a spot on the track where you feel like you're better, sometimes it's better to just kind of let that stay up your sleeve until the main event where you can use it. I think it takes a certain amount of confidence to do that. You know, I've seen riders let, let other riders buy, like a long moto, and kind of see if they can pick something up from them. And they have the confidence to know, I'll get them back later. Yeah. I can never do that. I was always like, man, I got to go now because I don't know, you know, what's going to happen later. I never had that confidence to, to be that patient. This is impressive from Hunter. And this is a real answer to what he wasn't able to seem to get done in practice. Now he's responded to the pace that, that Craig had. And I think where Craig is faster, if he can't get him down the inside after this long rhythm section, it's going to be in the whoops. He's definitely faster there. He's definitely quicker in the whoops, yeah. You know, the, the, interesting, the interesting interesting, part of this, or this early in the night, this early in this heat, is there's a mental game being played, right? These guys are all trying to come out and sort of establish that they're the guy. And if Craig goes by Hunter and just smokes him, knocks him down... Uh. Hunter should have known that was coming yeah. and, and been upright. Yep. you got to either cut back or be patient there. Well, Andy, and now you got to go through the, the motions of being patient to get that thing restarted, trying to search for neutral, electric start. That's something new for me. I, I had to reach for the Kickstarter. <laughs> but he lost way more time than he should have. He, that's uh, something he's going to be kicking himself about later because this, this is going to mess up his position to be on the inside for the main event yep. perhaps. Yeah, but now the difference between getting a second and you got fourth pick, third or fourth pick for the main, now he gets a fifth, now you're looking at tenth pick. Yeah. That's a big difference. Yeah, and it, he, he had to know that Craig was right on him coming out of that first turn and go into that sharp left, and that was what we were talking about earlier. You can't leave the door open there. Carson the Brown is down. Uh, he was on a fill-in ride here. That's right after the whoop section where the first turn uh, – yeah, feeds out into the track. got squirrely in these whoops and ejected. Oh, there oh. it was, front wheel down and ouch. Hi. Yeah, through those whoops, you're, man, it's all you can do to get through them. And when it goes bad, as you saw with Nichols early on, that's, uh, it's really hard to get undone from the bike and just kind of bail out of that. And he got really kind of twisted up in it as well. And the hardest part about these things especially when they build them right out of a turn like that, is you don't have any time to get up in the gears. And these guys that are right. going through them well, like Christian, you've got to be able to carry momentum. They're likely going through that turn in third and grabbing fourth and going through these whoops in fourth gear. With these four strokes, you know, that, that wasn't really an option. You could never go through no. whoops in fourth gear on a two-stroke. But No, and they um, didn't have the whoops to where they are now, where they're pretty flat across the tops, and they're built so that you can skim them. And that, that's the point. Until later in the night where... Perhaps in this set, maybe the other set, they'll maybe jump once and jump out. Yep. I think these are too hard-packed. where They might not get broken down that way. But, yeah, we never really had to skim across them, and I'm glad. Because when I look at those things or have been down the field to look at them in, in person, they're so much bigger than they look on TV. Yeah, I, I always say I wish they would, and I realize there's liability issues here, but if they would let fans go down and walk around this track sometime during the night, they would come away with such a bigger appreciation of what these guys are doing because from this angle, like those don't, they look like little teeny bumps. Yeah, they're those huge. They swallow you up. You won't even, you'll disappear down into there. I mean, they are massive. These ruts, as you're tripling down this straightaway, 
you have to land in a rut, take off in a rut, and it's six inches wide, maybe. They just, it, you just can't appreciate how technical it is until you're, you've either done it or you can at least get down there and stand on the ground and go, wow. Shimoda looking pretty good up there and ahead of March Banks. He's like uh, similar to Sexton. He just holds pretty still and he's real smooth. Mm -hmm. And uh, but to look over, you know, in the air off a jump and see that Craig's going down the other straightaway with that big of a lead, that kind of messes with your head a little bit going into the main. You're thinking, man, I got to pick it up somewhere, and I'm already kind of on the limit. Yeah, a little tough. I, I'm curious to see what Garrett Marchbanks does with his career here. He's got a good ride going tonight. If you recall last year, he had issues um, back in Atlanta, taking, taking guys down, just racing behind him. Uh, just had some issues last year. It seemed like he wasn't maybe in a real good place. He's definitely got the talent. But um, when I asked Mitch, I said, why didn't you keep Marchbanks? He won Daytona for you the year before. It seems odd you didn't keep him. He seems like he's got a lot of potential. And he just said, eh, he wouldn't. He wouldn't. It's just too nice of a guy to say anything. But he just goes, eh, too much inconsistency. And he kind of shook his head at me. And if Mitch is saying something like that, it means that this kid wasn't listening. Because yeah. if you're working hard and you're, you're taking advice from those guys who know what they're talking about, Mitch is more than fair. And if you win a race for him, he's going to give you another chance. Yeah. So something else was going on there. And, um, I asked Ivan about it because he was working with him, and he didn't want to say too much either. So anyway, I'd be curious to see where he goes with his career. Well, I'm not surprised by the ride by Craig, but, man, he sure looks good. He, looks, he makes it look super easy. Yep, he definitely does. And it's not. It seems like throughout the year, though, he, throughout, throughout the past couple of seasons, he's had this speed, especially since he went to Star, and he just – something always happens. It's always a crash or yeah. kind of a mental breakdown where he doesn't quite get it done. So, I think this is probably his year. He needs no, to he has to get it done. If he doesn't get it done, his career is going to be, hmm, what do you do? And, it, and he's going to start – I mean, he's got to feel that pressure. I yeah. would. Yeah, you I, know, I feel it actually for him that like, he better win. When I asked you this a little bit earlier, you know, I, be gentle because you're sitting next to a guy who never made it to the big class. Uh, I always wanted to. I just never had an opportunity to go up to a team that was worth going up right. to. Um, it was constantly, okay, I have to win this 125 championship, and then I'll be able to get a ride with, with somebody good. Because back in the 90s, early 2000s, there wasn't all the satellite, the Club MX Yamaha teams or you know, all of these good satellite teams that they have. That some of them have 450 rides. They didn't exist. Right. Literally, the only thing, if you didn't ride for a factory, um, was Nolene Yamaha and Moto Triple X. Right. <laughs> Moto Triple X wasn't great motorcycles. Right. They helped you get to the races, but early on especially, they weren't that great. Um, how important do you think it is for Christian to get up to the big class? And do you fault him for staying down? I mean, he's probably making a quarter of a million bucks a year. Yeah, I mean, you can't fault him, and I don't. I, the... The system is set up so that he can ride the 250 class, and there wasn't a ride for him in the 450, so win. Mm -hmm. He has to win. He's had plenty of chances where he could have won, perhaps should have won, expected to win, and um, you, you, he's not going to get a pass through this season if something happens. If something happens it takes him out of it, then the potential's still there. There's a lot of people in this sport that look at potential like, hey, that's maybe when that finally, you know, is performance, he'll be with us. And so you, it's hard to ignore somebody that's that good and that naturally talented and fast. 
But, um, yeah, it would be kind of a mark on him if he doesn't win this year. And I expect him to. There's guys that can beat him, but everything has to go just right. And you can see there from Hunter Lawrence, maybe he's not quite ready there yet to see all that stuff coming and make the right move and kind of think about it after the fact where Craig has already been there and done that, and he's not going to make those mistakes. Right. right. I, I think that he's proven he can ride a 450. It's surprising to me he hasn't been given a spot. Maybe Star yeah. We'll just kind of bump him up if he can get that championship done. I'm sure that's what he'd like. He's good he, on a 450. He's great on a 450. I think he's better, actually. The problem is if, if you aren't being offered a 450 job, your options are go spend a couple hundred grand out of your mm-hmm. pocket, if you have it, to go race as a privateer or make two, three, four hundred thousand dollars and potentially win another lights yeah. title or win your first lights title. That's not a real hard decision <laughs> if you're sitting down and trying <laughs> to choose one. Yeah. Right? Well, he's a dad and family man and he's raced a long time yeah. you know think about it he's been out there a while and and um but he's also to say what his ambition is what he plans on doing but if he doesn't win this year and doesn't get a ride it it wouldn't be a disaster for him to just kind of fade and do what he wants to do with his own personal life yeah. uh, i wouldn't fault him for that either but it does seem like he has more to give and there's some race wins in there he's really talented yeah he definitely is uh, let's get another couple more questions going here. Uh, Origin Vigor says, how would the riders of today fare against the rougher Supercross tracks of old and against the SX Elite of old? We fine. were talking about that earlier, right? Yeah. Like the old, uh, they do te- fine. I was telling yeah. you about the old Kingdom races I used to watch from the 80s, and it was like a, it was like Unadilla shrunken down, just yeah. soft and rutted and rocky. And it I, was an outdoor indoors. It's, it's a, the soil was so soft and spongy that, you know, it the the bumps that or the jumps that they built for the Supercross ended up, you know, not as big as the the bumps that developed because of the dirt. Yeah. And it was a double header, and they didn't usually mess around with it with the tractors very much. So it was really tough. And you know, the to compare the riders now um, to the riders then. It's everybody's good yeah. in their time, and there's really it's impossible to compare that. I mean, I think we would have done fine on this equipment, and I think these guys would do fine in those conditions. Yeah, yeah if you're good, Tomac you're good. Wouldn't have done good in that. Those he would have done He'd fine. Have yeah, he doesn't even look tired. Looking at Craig here in the podium, tiny bit out of breath, but it looks like he's been there before. <laughs> yeah, and Christian is. You know, I I feel like he does a good job of. Being aggressive but not being dirty. Like, I wouldn't have yeah. called that pass on Hunter dirty. Yeah, not it was at all. aggressive, but that was really Hunter's fault for not checking. Yeah, out. He, should have, he should have covered that inside. And Craig, to his credit, he really came out of that long right handed sweeper fast on purpose so that he wouldn't have to make that kind yeah. of an ugly pass. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And that's his experience. Let me ask you a question Cooper looks a little bit puffy to me. <laughs> now, I don't mean that to be rude, but yeah, he, yeah. he went away from Alden Baker's program this year. Uh, that guy's won 16 championships out of 21 years or something, or 21 you know potential championships. That's a big gamble to me, to go yeah. away from him. Well, there's a – you've got to have a balance, you know. What do you like to do and what burns you out, Yeah. what motivates you. And I think Cooper spent enough time down there to learn – okay, that's what's going on down here. Okay, well then, I can just do that by myself. I don't need that guy to motivate me year after year. And if you start the race or the, the series a touch heavy, 
it's 17 rounds. Yeah. You yeah. don't need to be perfectly fit at the first round. I just usually think take, that's an indicator of how your off-season has gone. Like we were talking about Malcolm Stewart. Gates down here on the first floor of the heat. Who we got up there? I see Sexton, Coop. They're all there. Is that McElrath up front? Yep. And this guy's got talent. McElrath in a 250 class, watching him just carve through ball turns. Great technique. Not that intimidated. Yeah, you know, when he was with the Troy Designs team, I thought for sure he was going to earn them their first championship. And, man, it was just he couldn't quite get it done. He's, he's a bigger guy. He certainly fits the 450 well. And Wow, really that was excited. smart by Sexton because he knew that Webb was going to do something with him, and he just was patient and got out of there with plenty of momentum to get that whoop section fast and not lose contact with the leader. Yeah, and then you see him cover his inside coming into that turn a little bit. That's that experience, the difference between a Hunter Lawrence and, and Chase. He got into that section a little bit ugly. He didn't mean to hit that the way he did, but he's, he's able to make mistakes and not lose time. Really impressed with what I'm seeing with him so far. Really fast in practice, both, both sessions there, Sexton was, and he's gaining. So something I noticed about Chase, um, you know, when I'm a big ski racing fan, and in, in downhill ski racing in particular, you always try to keep your upper body, body very quiet. You know, not a lot of, you know, flailing or your head moving. You want to keep your upper body just very quiet. And he does that yep. on a motorcycle. You watch his, his torso, his head, and his neck, and they're just very calm. And so does uh, uh, McElrath. They're very similar. Look at these, their posture. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. From their head back to their butt and their arms and shoulders, it, it's very similar. But I, I'll tell you what, Sexton... I think he's got a little bit extra pizzazz, and if if uh, McElrath makes any mistake at all, Sexton's right there to take advantage, and he's gapped Webb. Webb was off a bit in the practice sessions today, and I was a little bit surprised to see him that far down the list. Uh, but see, there's Sexton. He's he is knocking on the door. Believe me, uh, McElrath looks calm and cool, but he can feel that Ooh. and sense it. He's got the inside, though, so he can That's control that. But Sexton had the right idea. It's just it's hard to triple that out of the corner. Well, yeah, his momentum was going to carry him right into him if he kept going. I don't, I don't think this is going to take too long. <laughs> He's not going to be that patient. Yeah, Sexton needed to hurry that big sweeper to have a shot at that block pass there. So good job to uh, McElrath so far because Sexton is, he is fast. So the corners on either end of that first whoop section, we're going to see a ton of passes there because you can, you've got to go wide to set up for them. And after those whoops, you've got to go wide to set up for the next rhythm lane. So guys are going to all night long be stuffing people before or trying to get a run through the whoops and just running them to the bales and the turn after. Look at that. Boy, around the outside, Sexton. There he goes. Blitz those things. And now he's going to be able to. Oh, he should be able to set sail here and then. Tomac's in this, sitting back and forth, but can't even really see him. I mean, these guys got a pretty nice gap right now. And it's not all easy to get around Webb. So this is a good opportunity for Sexton in his first ever race at Anaheim on a 450 to, or at all, I think. Yeah, he, 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 was, uh, he was here last year, but I don't remember how he did at the opener. Yeah, well, not Anaheim, though. Not Anaheim, obviously, yeah, right. Yeah, so pretty neat for him. Already a pretty good gap. Yeah, this, oh, Marvin's down. 
Looks like no harm, no foul. Just stuck on a block, and he's down again. That plywood slick, especially when it gets wet. Man, that's a... Yeah, it's like ice. It, whether it's concrete or the, they'll put down plywood over uh, the grass. Oh, Barsha gave him a little help. I didn't hit him. He didn't hit him, but he sure scared him. Yeah, I think he caught Marvin a little bit by surprise there. And Barsha, he can sneak up on you like that. I didn't mean he didn't do anything horrible, oh. but... What was that? It's like he hit neutral Yeah, or it something. was like he hit neutral. That looked really strange. He was trying to carve inside of those, and I don't know. It, it didn't I, look it, like his wheel pushed, though. It looked like he just tipped over. Sometimes like, you just don't have the momentum you need, and you're, you're leaned over so far and so committed. Let's see if we can see it again. Oh, it did push. Yeah, you can see the front wheel diving. Yeah, he started. Okay, the wheel so we, was turning and didn't get in that rut. We talked a little bit about this. KTM's come up with a new design on this bike. Cooper last year, if you remember, just struggled in the whoops a little bit. They weren't his strong suit. Uh, he'd be better late in the races when he could jump through them or find a rhythm. Well, they've changed the, the bike this year uh, quite a bit, and they've actually lengthened the wheelbase slightly. And so the, the idea there was that there'll be more stability through the whoops, and uh, that's what I've been hearing as much is that he's been able to improve his whoop speed. But I was really curious because one of the strong suits of that KTM has always been its ability to turn down low. Uh, going back to even the Dungey years, you know, mm -hmm. you and I talked about it earlier. Dungey could carve in, you know, several feet inside of where everyone else is turning, carry the same speed, but carve a tighter line and make passes. Cooper's done that. Everyone that's been on that KTM, the previous platform, has been able to do that. And I thought, man, adding that length will help you in the whoops, but, you know, in theory, you're going to lose that ability to turn tight. And I wonder if that, my question just got answered. You know, that, that front yeah. end push was a plow. Possibly, that's, yeah. That could possibly be it. So I'm I'm going to pay attention and see if, uh, if he continues to have that issue or we don't see the ability of those guys to cut down. See back there, the Tomac started to put some pressure on McElrath. But yeah. running out of time, though, to try to catch Sexton. I mean, I'm looking at the gap from Sexton to Tomac, and it's still remaining at four. So he's not gaining time on him, even if he gets around McElrath. He's still not going fast enough. And it's not as though McElrath's holding him up. No. No, Shane's riding a great race. I don't think Eli's going to catch Chase here. I, I am curious with Tomac, though. He's never been a good starter to the season. I don't think he's ever had a, a decent finish here at the opening couple of rounds. Just, he, he takes a while to get going. Uh, and, you know, we heard all this, this good chatter about how fast he's going, how much he likes the bike. So I'm really curious to see if that translates to better finishes in these early rounds. Well, he probably feels pressure. You know, he, a lot of people think he can win. I think he can win. I listened to James Stewart talk about it. He's like, I don't know why he doesn't win every race. Switching teams, there's a lot of pressure on him. It's possible he's just riding a little bit tight. And you don't really need to do anything special in the heat race right here. I mean, once you get the start that he got, just uh, learn the track, get comfortable out there, think about settings for the main event, how lines are forming, and, you know, ways to pass. And, uh, and he won't like to have gotten this much of a, a, a gap, I guess, behind Sexton out front, but the main event's a whole different story. So right here is just get comfortable, get used to being out there again. It's been a while since these guys raced. Yeah. And once Tomac gets going, and he can, once he does, there's very few people, if any, that can stop him. How, what do you accredit his fluctuation in rides to? Like, some nights you just go, he's unstoppable. 
he looks like just magic. And then other nights, it's, he's struggling. He's riding around in eighth. I, I truly, I, I've never really seen anything like it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's puzzling a little bit, but I think it's all upstairs. Yeah. You know, if he's not comfortable, he's, he's not comfortable. Yeah. And he's un, unable to really do anything, or perhaps he doesn't want to do anything and, and push when he doesn't feel right. Yeah. But when he does feel right, even if it's late in the race, it's amazing how much distance how much time he can make. It seems like, well, he's doing good. He'll be on the box. But then you're like, wait a minute, he can win. Yeah. And then when he, he doesn't just win, he wins by like five seconds, yeah. you know, when you're like, how in the world? So he knows that he can do that, and he's going to throughout the season um, quite a few times probably. So he doesn't need to do it all the time. So if you go back and look when he was on uh, the Geico Honda team, let's say, uh, particularly in the Outdoor Nationals, he found, he found a setting that worked, and you remember until he crashed at Colorado, he was gone. He was yeah. winning motos by 30 seconds. I was at that race, yeah. So I feel like ever since he went to the Cowie, he never really, he never found, he didn't have that consistency in setting. You know, in, in testing, we call it track toughness. It means you can go from this track to that track to this type of dirt to there, and, and you're comfortable in all elements. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I believe that that was maybe a big part of why he went over to Star. He was looking for... He couldn't find what he was after in terms of comfort over there, mm -hmm. and maybe he'd find it here. And he, he saw how hard those guys were working, the lengths they were willing to go to make their guys happy. And um, I'm curious to see if on this new Yamaha, on this new program, he can. this setting will help him to do that, be a little more consistent. I think it's a combination between having the freedom that it seems like they have at Star to just do whatever. Um, there's a little bit of comfort in knowing that, hey, I want to try this, and there's not going to be any pushback. Plus, he just wanted a fresh start. Yeah. You know, he'd been at Kawasaki for a while, and it's no slight on them. It's just that sometimes you get a little stagnant and feel like, it, especially at his stage in his career, he's been out there a while. You know, it'd be nice to be around some, some a new practice track, yeah. new testing facility, new people, personnel, new teammates, a new color. And let, let me just reset and see how it goes. He's confident in his ability, I'm sure, but sometimes you need that little extra push, and going over there to blue might be what he needs. It was interesting. I, uh, when I had Ryan Dungey on the show, the Whiskey Throttle show, and RV was co-hosting, those two both made a mention of that. Uh, if I, I said, was there anything you'd do differently? And both of them said, I wish I would have switched teams later on <laughs> in my career. Just yeah. not because I didn't, you know... And Ryan even said, like the uh, Lapoto said, I just got so comfortable around that group of people. I think it would have been good for me to get outside that comfort zone, get into a new group of people, a new new environment, like you said. Yeah. Just a new kind of a new fresh start, and you don't you learn feel, more. Yeah. yeah, he felt like he had the pressure of all those people on him too, because they had become like family. Mm -hmm. And if he didn't win, he was letting them down. I don't know. They both said it. I, they think it would have extended their careers and been a good boost for him had they switched teams later on. Yeah. I thought that was an interesting take. It is. You know, I think you can grow more when you get somebody that's going to push you a little bit. And when you take a chance, then uh, it's like telling somebody you're going to do something, and then you're like, shoot, now I have to, you know. Yeah. So when you go over there, it's like you put a little bit of extra pressure on yourself, and, and um, sometimes that gives you a little bit of fire that you're lacking. And I would expect him to do good on that, on that bike. It doesn't matter what bike he's on, but to get a fresh start and be motivated – I think that's really what matters the most is to be motivated. Yeah. His skills there. Yeah, of course. Um, we talked about a little bit about the dirt. You know, you could see some slick spots already shaping up tonight. 
uh, with all the rain, you know, this dirt just sits out in that parking lot in the far corner. Yeah. Uh, we've had a ton of rain here in the month of December um, and early January here in Southern California. So you can see there's ruts in a lot of these jumps that, that we wouldn't normally get here in Anaheim. Typically, we have that DG mixed with clay. It gets very, very hard packed. They'll groom it for the night show. And then by the time the mains come around, like you were saying, the, yeah. the, the humidity comes up in the air, the temps go down, and it starts to get that shiny slick. Yeah. I think we're going to have some of that, but we're also going to have some ruts. So a little bit yep. of both tonight, huh? Yeah. It's going to be really important line selection. It always is, but um, an added part of that. And it's something that Brock Glover mentioned, it works at Dunlop and tires, and he, he looks at the dirt. It, it's the same dirt, but each year it varies, you know, depending on if they had trucks come and race mm -hmm. on it and weather, you know, what kind of a winter they had, what kind of a summer. And so... You know, you'll see tear-offs in the dirt when they build the track. It's brand new, but, hey, this is the same dirt from yeah. last year, but uh, totally different scene. Oh, Looks like Barca, I mean, uh, Marvin was just like, look, it's not going good for me, so I'm if anybody... somebody else's night. <laughs> everybody quit messing with me. You know, you, you get... Sometimes you just get frustrated like that, and if, if somebody else hassles you, it's like, that guy's like, what do I do? And you're like, well, you go back and you rewind the yeah. tape and you see why he was so... That was either Cade Clayson or Alex Ray. They're 178, 187. It's hard to tell. Well, they're down, though, whoever it was. Hey, this guy, Malcolm Stewart, looks good. Lean. We're watching him in practice. I'm like, he looks like James. I haven't seen James in a long time, and I feel like I just watched him for a couple of laps earlier. So this is what I was talking about. You see a guy show up, and he's, he's, he's noticeably thinner. He's looking aggressive on the track. You're like, okay, this guy's had a good offseason. He's ready. Yeah, his lap times reflected that. His his riding style reflected it. He even had a scare yesterday doing some practice. He flew off the side of the bike and trying to do his foot caught the top of the jump, and he saved it. Probably laughed about it later. Gates down. Second two. Doesn't get the jump the though. He got pinched right away. Can't always starts the season's good. This guy comes out firing. He's he's done really well at these openers typically. AC coming off a, uh, some type of minor shoulder injury. It wasn't too bad, but it did keep him off the bike a little bit. Look at that. Malcolm, though, just get out of my way. <laughs> he came in there hot and wanted to get both of them. Almost did. Is that Brayton up there in, this, yeah, in the third? Yeah, it's not, he's not an easy guy to just push out of the way. Now you got Anderson. He's a scrapper. Look at that. He's going to dive to the inside. Plessinger's there for Anderson. All the players are right up front. It's going to be a good heat. This is the depth that I'm sure everybody's been talking about it. And uh, I mentioned it when we first came on. That any one of these guys can win this heat. Whoa. Smart. Oh, oh I, thought, I thought Anderson had his balance and was anticipating that. But yeah, those, he just those came banks, to a stop, put his left foot down, and there was nothing there. There was nothing there but air. Yeah, Malcolm is uh, he's pretty much going like, hey, I'm here to win. So if you're in the way... <laughs> They know what to expect now. And, but he also has Anderson. Anytime you get into a guy like that, you know that, well, he owes you one now. So. Yeah, you know, that was something I, in, when I was racing, I didn't hesitate to make an enemy. If I thought a guy was slowing me down or in my way or roosted me, I would come in and, and rub some paint with him. Yep. That is not the smart solution for well, that. You, you know? You know, You're going to deal with those repercussions then the whole series long. Yeah, later that night perhaps. And 
definitely at the riders meeting next week, you're going to see these guys. So you want to make good moves. And sometimes, you know, emotions get into it. It's early in the season to be getting in there and pushing people out of the way like that. But it seems to me, the way these guys kind of spread out like this, that tonight's going to be about getting physical and, and doing what Malcolm was doing, doing uh, what we've seen Moseman being able to do in the, in the 250 class, like well, those, force the issue. Those passing spots I talked about, it's not like you're going to set them up and make a clean pass. You're going to come in and you're going to have to chop their line. Yep. It's not going to be pretty but that's what you're going to have to do. Brayton, looking good. He always looks good. This is his, uh, according to him, his last Supercross season. This guy's had, well, what a great career. And Cincerello, you know, his, he's saying that uh, he, I'll be at Anaheim, maybe not 100%, and so Brayton is the kind of guy that's going to take advantage of that. And he already knows it coming into the season, so perhaps he's a little bit more aggressive. You feel more confident when you're behind somebody you know is not riding up to par yet. So, so you better make that pass, this, especially this, with Malcolm coming. This sport gets a lot of heat for that, guys being very quiet about little injuries that they have or what coast they're racing. And some of the talking heads in this sport will chatter on about that, and it's like there's a reason for it. Yep. Uh, and we've seen perfect examples this year of those reasons. Why do you tell all your guys, be ready for A1 if you're in the 250 class? And, and let them know at the last minute what coast they're racing. Because look at just what happened at Star Racing Yamaha. Justin Cooper was planning on racing west. He breaks his foot. Now Colt Nicholson stepped right in. If he thought he was riding east, he'd be like, whoa, I'm still, I thought I had a month. Yeah. But he's ready to go. He can step in. They can throw him in. In this case, with Adam Cincerillo, he comes out and... and tries to be open and say, look, I had a little injury. I'm not going to be 100%, but I'm going to be there. Well, now everybody coming up on him knows, oh, his shoulder's bum. I'm going to give him a little yeah. elbow, and I'm going right by. Well, for Adam, you know, you, it's a couple ways to look at it. You can take a little bit of pressure off yourself and know that maybe your, your competitors are going to sense that and take advantage of it. But, um, yeah, one is, one is probably the truth, and second is he, he just took a little bit of pressure off. So. Mm -hmm. He's up there, though. He's looking good. And what's surprising me is Malcolm, who looked really strong earlier to this afternoon and then in the first couple of laps of this heat, he's, he got past. He's not as fast through the whoops as he was. And um, I don't know, he got a little bit interrupted from his rhythm. Mm -hmm. Well, there's a big difference between being by yourself and throwing in a hot lap and being in a crowd of the fastest riders in the world and, and you know what I mean, being able to get it done. Oh, boy. Who is that? Wow. Ay, caramba. Morans. I mean, he didn't get really that out of whack, but if your back end steps out like that right before he hit a jump, you know the shock's just going to rebound it the other way, and he, he got it good. Now, Plessinger, who's typically been fast in the whoops, Malcolm, fast in the whoops. These guys are both down there training with Alden. Maybe riding together yeah, a little bit. These two bit. have been doing motos together I all thought season. Perhaps they got a little shake and bake happening down there. These guys are both really fun. Probably the most positive and most most guys the biggest smiles in the pits. And uh, I would mention they are. The, the two best fishermen in the uh, <laughs> in the sport as well. Yeah. So now Malcolm getting around Plessinger, which I think Plessinger caught him by surprise. Now Malcolm's he's got it back together. Yeah, he might have just need a little wake-up call because he looks like he's on the move now. And Ferranda's coming through. 
Yeah, that corner's got, Ferrandis just came out of the corner and wheelied through the first several whoops there. That's not easy to do. No, I, I, don't, I don't think people realize how technical that was. And that's before. the part I was talking about, where he can get a little loose and get away with things. And here comes Anderson. He's not in a good mood. Yeah, unfortunately, we're going to have to wait and see, uh, wait till the main event to see what Anderson's got with these leaders. But his times look good. He's, he's going to make his way back in and obviously qualify. Yeah, Roxon out front. It'd be nice to see him. He's uh, doing everything right. Not pulling that big of a gap on Brayton. It seemed like he'd pull out maybe a little bit more, but that just says how solid Brayton's riding. Well, tell me what you think about Kenny. I, I'm scratching my head with, with what I see going on with him, too. He always comes out so strong at the start of these series. Winning lots of races. Looks like he's the man, and then is it – as the season builds, I mean, it's just sort of like he a little bit of confidence keeps falling off every week. Yeah. And by the end, I mean, by the end of last year, Cooper Webb just had his number. He could go by him at will, it seemed like. Yeah, and he's had it for a long time. And I think for Ken, he's got to prove to himself, and this is the short answer with the final lap, he's got to prove to himself that in a must-win situation with somebody gaining on him, like Webb or Tomac, that he can hold him off. And in those conditions, I, I can't think of that many times where Ken's been able to hold off somebody that's, that's you know, catching yeah. him like that. And until he can do that and sort of prove it, not to anyone else, but to himself that he can do it, then once you believe it and expect it, and you've done it before, it's, it's a lot easier to do it again. I don't know if you just watched him through that whole right-hand sweeper. Didn't Never put his took foot his foot off the peg uh, the whole time. He does right-hand corners perhaps cooler uh, and a little bit more technical than anyone I've ever seen in the sport. Be perhaps because of the brakes on the right, and he just is more comfortable having access to the brake, and then figured, hey, I can just leave my foot up. His balance is fantastic, and that is a great example of it. He's, he's beautiful to watch when he's on. I, I wonder if it's, if it's a health thing. You know, you talk about he's been having some health issues, or he, he's very vague about it. And I wonder if it's something related to all the surgeries that he's had. Did it beat his immune system down? You know, he had some cadaver parts put in that arm. And I just wonder if there's something to that. He's not really letting on, but yeah. that leads to sort of an immune system breakdown later well, on the season. I mean, look at what he's gone through. Oh, it's insane. I mean, once, then again, when he yeah. got his arm run through Webb's swing arm in San Diego. So he can't straighten either arm. Yeah. I, I don't think. I mean, it seems like he's sort of stuck in this position, which for motocross and style and whoops, when Chad Reed messed up his shoulder, if you put your shoulder, arm out straight, you dislocate it. Mm -hmm. So you gotta, you got to hold your arm back like this, and that's exactly the position you got to be, looking like McGrath or Reed did, or, or to be faster the whoops, you got to stay forward like that with your arms bent. So Ken is like sort of stuck in the right position. It's just that... The fear of, boy, if I get out of position, it's gone really bad for me a couple of times. So perhaps when he's got to push extra hard in the final moments of a race when you're a little tired and you got some guy that's just catching you with nothing to lose, it's really hard to overcome that. And like I said, he's got to prove to himself that he can. Otherwise, it's going to happen to him when he doesn't just get away and get a big lead like that. Yeah. I'm quietly rooting for him. I mean, the guy's been through so much. I yeah. Would I would love to see him get a championship Me before too. he calls it a career. 
He's too good not to, but, yeah. but then there's a bunch of hungry guys that, are, that can do it also. Yeah. Nothing's guaranteed in this sport. Hey, I'll tell you what, we're going to take a quick break and uh, stick around. We'll be right back to uh, call the rest of these races. Thanks for tuning in to Saturday Night Live. This is Troy Lee. Troy is an artist. For the past 40 years, Troy Lee has been painting helmets for the world's fastest racers. This is Troy Lee's office fridge. These are Troy Lee's to-do lists. This is Troy Lee's laugh. <laughs> this is a new SC5 helmet. This was Troy's job when designing a new SC5. My job is really is to make sure that we keep building a safer helmet. The SE5 is packed with features including the industry's first MIPS Integra Rotational Management System and integrated low friction layer design to reduce rotational motion transfer to the brain in an impact. New features include TLDs, EPP collarbone relief, quick release cheek pads, and our exclusive chin bar mounted forced air intake system for maximum airflow. But instead of the usual product video, we decided to make this film about the man behind the SE5, Troy Lee. That's that's cool, you know. Narrated by me, Justin Barsha. Kind of the goofiest and craziest shit you do in life ends up being the coolest. This is Troy getting ready for work. Maybe paint just a little bit here before I go to work just to get something out of my head. These are Troy's paintbrushes. Being an artist, you always make it better, man, so it's a little freaky. These are Troy Lee's wrists. Yeah, they're all different of the different events. Just decided to keep them all on since our season was going really good. Dude, I'm not taking these off. <laughs> these work and Barsha's kicking ass. <laughs> this is what Troy felt when I won the first Supercross last year. Man, I was just like, man, I could die tomorrow and be okay. One more different green on here and then we'll get out of here. We're going to the Laguna Art Store. This is one of the signs I painted when the pandemic was going. I painted up a sign. I cut it out and just lettered it real quick for school they're still using it. This is Troy shopping for paint. I need a, a chrome yellow and a super bright red. What I really like is like a school bus yellow like oh, okay. this. This is how often Troy shops for paint. I don't know, at least once a week. This is Troy standing in front of the house he grew up in. We're at my old stomping grounds. I painted every single side of the house a different color. So we went from purple to blue to red. At a party at Sean Palmer's house in 1999, Troy brought two things to the party, beer and flour. I was just walking down the aisle in the store because we were getting beer and then I thought flour would go a long ways and it did, and, you know? <laughs> they were so white. Oh my God. This is where I started after my house, man. This is Troy standing in front of the first ever Troy Lee Designs office. He's like, where'd you start? And I'm like, right back there, man. And then the neighbors kicked me out the paint fumes are too bad. There was a place down in Mexico we went. Someone! Didn't we go to jail? Yeah, we went to jail! I went to jail with him one night. That was fun. I've never been to jail with him. I've never been to jail, but I've never definitely been to jail with Troy. I might have went to the drunk tank once, but not with Troy. Which is kind of amazing, actually. This is Troy Lee's favorite thing to do. I think it's probably still ride. A close second, though, is, is having one of his favorite cocktails, which is a whiskey vodka. Oh, yeah, whiskey vodka. Oh. <laughs> They're sure fun when you buy like 30 of them, give them to your friends. These are some of the things that Troy's friends have said about him over the years. I've been kind of doing this three eyeball thing on every all the different fun things I've been painting in my garage. If Troy could be reincarnated into a spare animal, this is the animal Troy's friends think he would be. <laughs> oh man, I have no idea. I think a uh, spirit animal. Maybe it'd be a honey badger, but like with cool hair. You know, a lot of gel and stuff in it. Probably a hyena. Like, I don't know, like, somebody that's laughing. This is Troy's friends doing an impression of him. Hey man, we just gotta do this, it's gonna be sick. <laughs> you know, and he laughs in his little laugh. 
With all this laughing, Troy can't be serious, is he? He is. He's serious about what he's doing, but man, when it's when it's done, he wants to laugh. <laughs> so this was a Troy Lee hat. It's a Troy Lee logo, and the subtitle says it's useless to resist us. And then he signed it, hit me in the face. <laughs> You know, everybody, I, you know, said painting helmets, you're never going to make a living painting helmets. What, what? It's something I still love doing every day. I, if I can draw a couple work orders before I go home. All right, guys, welcome back. Uh, if you're just joining us, uh, there may be a little bit of a lag between our audio and the video you're seeing on the, on the TV. So just pause your TV. We'll get you synced up. Uh, right now, they got the KTM Junior Supercross Challenge out there. And uh, I saw Josh Grant's son had the fastest lap time during practice today. So uh, it's interesting to see these, I guess it makes you feel a little bit old, huh? When you yeah. see guys you raced with that got their kids out there. I thought Josh was a kid. Yeah, right. This is, this is such a, a cool event. It's, it's funny when you go back, uh, like Ryan Dungey, one of his very first races was the KTM Junior Supercross Challenge in the Minneapolis Stadium. And, uh, oh. Yeah, anyway. Uh, I think that's just such a neat program those guys have put together. Yeah, our neighbor, uh, Ryan Washburn, give a shout-out to him in case he's listening. Got him into one in uh, Seattle, and yeah, his eyes were like coffee cups. You can get down there in the stadium and see all that. and oh. It feels like everybody in the whole entire world is watching you when, you know, in fact, they're probably not. But it, it puts a lot of pressure on you to stand down there where Blair is talking and in the starting line, it's uh, it's hard to even see across the field because of all yeah. the, the height of the jumps and then the crowd. It's it's really something. Supercross is special. Outdoors, you get used to it. Supercross, the excitement of it and the energy of it, it never wore off. No, no. And and even as a 18, 19 year old kid, it's overwhelming. I can't imagine being five or six. Yeah. And down there trying to. That's got to be total overload. Oh, so I don't know if you saw this. They mounted a GoPro in Justin Barsh's front number plate. So it's actually sitting right behind his front number plate. That's why you're getting this angle. I like that angle. It's I actually kind of cool like it. Yeah, it really shows you. Make you nauseous if you get uh, motion sick. but. And you can tell the way that uh, from this shot, the way he is angling the bike. You know, I mean, you, the rider's head stays pretty still, but... They tend to whip the bike left and right, and you can tell that a little bit more. See there off the jump, he's tilting it to the left, a little bit to the left. You want to stay loose like that. I noticed that Tomac, in, in some of the videos I was watching of him getting ready for the season, that if he's just going maybe three, three, three through a rhythm section, off the first one, he just kind of flows the bike back and forth. Off the next one, flows it back and forth. And then to jump into the corner to just kind of get everything positioned just so that when he lands, it's in the perfect motion to be able to just carve right into the corner. It takes a lot of experience, and you got to be comfortable to do that. Yeah. And like for Sexton, we were talking about earlier, he's always in the right position. Um, he is moving the bike around a little bit, so he's relaxed. Sometimes you can get tight by trying to do everything just too nice and too straight. And uh, whenever I'd start to do that I'd start riding tight it would take somebody to remind me maybe Roger or my dad would come up to me and go hey just you know don't you don't need to show off out there off jumps or anything but just flick the bike around a little bit get loose you know like move around some 
because the rest of the time you're on the ground, you don't have time for that. But when you're in the air, get loose, take a breath, let, let some air out, and move the bike a tad. That was one of my ways that I could kind of reset myself and relax yeah. by moving the bike around the air a little bit. Yeah, I think uh, well, the biggest thing that helped me was uh, my mechanic, I would have him tell me to, to write big breath. Yeah. And he probably he was spelling it breathe, you know, mixing up the way to spell that. <laughs> yeah. Um, every time I, I would pick one or two spots on the track, maybe the finish line jump or a triple, something that was a nice floaty jump, gave me a little bit of hang time, and I would just take as big a breath in as I could and push it all out. Yeah. And for me, that was like a, a heart rate reset. I could drop my heart rate probably 10, 15 beats a minute just by doing that. Just yeah. like taking one big breath and going, um, and because... For me, I don't know how you were, but I would hold my breath, especially yeah. early on in a race or it's just first a, practice. It's natural. You, you, you're so busy. There's so much going on. And then it's race. And then, like I said, you feel like every eye in the world is on you. Yeah. That uh, it's easy to just forget. And then when you get behind, it's hard to catch back up. And so that's why, you know, you, you see guys putting a lot of tear-offs on. Um, you don't need that many, but it's nice to just let go of the bars, reach up and pull one. Yeah. Even if your vision's fine, just get loose and remind yourself to relax. It's you'll see the mechanics area. Everybody's got breathe on the board. Yeah. You know, almost everybody, uh, or lap times. A lot of times, what you see, but breathe, and you're like, well, pff, isn't that just obvious? Well, no, not when you're trying to do this. It's really hard. Um, I uh, I remember Carmichael always. It was almost like a nervous twitch, but that was kind of yeah. his thing. He would reach up and just adjust the front yeah. of his helmet. And I, that was probably his kind of reset. You know, yeah. everybody has their own thing. Probably, I bet you, like when Stewart came into it, he did that almost off everything. Yeah. And might not even realize he was doing it. And then when he did, he was like, hey, I need to stop doing that. And then it's hard to. Yeah. You know, you, you get doing what you're doing to, to stay relaxed out there. And everyone has their own thing. And. Before the gate goes down, you know, how many times did you reach down and make sure your gas was turned on? Like, I already know it's on, but it's just something that happens natural, and it's it's a nervous thing that, that everyone has their own little deal. But I remember watching Robbie Renard. Uh, I raced him a lot in amateurs, and so we kind of grew up racing professionally together, too, and he, he was another beautiful guy to watch technique yep. and stuff. But he would tug on his helmet strap and check his fuel. Talk on his helmet trap, hash trap, check his fuel. He must have yeah. done it 15 times before the game yeah. dropped. So. Yeah, this is, uh, it's hard enough to just ride, but then when you got people next to you and all the pressure, it's, uh, boy, it's really hard to hide. Yeah. You know, if you've got a little funny thing you do, it's, <laughs> everyone's going to make fun of you. There was somebody, I want to say maybe it was Jeremy Martin last year, he would lick his hands, like he licked the palms yeah. of his gloves. Did you see that? Yeah, I saw some, some guy doing a funny video about that, like <laughs> with flavors or something. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, what do you think so far? Well, um, it's kind of what I expected, to be really honest with you. Uh, I think that it's a little more, it's a little deeper. I thought maybe those few front guys would distance themselves a little more. Um, they only pulled out like four seconds. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. like a... It was pretty tight. They dropped them. Uh, but in that premier class, I, you know, impressed with McElrath. That was a really good yeah. ride for him. it was good. Uh, impressed with Freezy in the 250 class. Uh, kind of the guys I expected to be in the, good in that 250 class were. Um, I think we still got a lot to see. Hard to, you know, just one heat. But um, boy, Christian looks good in that 250 class. He's going to probably be the guy to beat. Uh, 
I don't know. Yeah, well, it just it's going to be a good season. Yeah. Well, well, he's got a little Lloyd Christmas thing going with a chipped tooth down there, doesn't he, old Jason? <laughs> yeah. Like, does he have a little whistle when he talks? You know, the fact that Anderson got uh, shuffled back there in this heat race, not a great pick to the gate for the main event, could possibly work. This is what you tell yourself. When you don't get what you want, sometimes you can just go, well, like, hey, maybe that'll be a good thing. Maybe everybody's just going to wad up on the inside and I'll get through some of the wreckage and come out in pretty good shape. Um, I remember when uh, McGrath used to start kind of in the middle to the outside, and I thought, gosh, that's risky. He's got all that talent over there to his inside. And he goes, well, sometimes those guys get so worried about each other, I just come in from the outside. And that takes a lot of confidence to know you can do it. But Anderson, he's either going to have to go all the way tight, which I think is going to be taken, um, or he's going to have to come in from the outside and hope things go okay. But he didn't really... Uh, he didn't really light things on fire no. there. He didn't get a chance to, but it seems like for Kawasaki, they're thinking, well, our guy that was hurt we weren't really counting on is looking okay, and the guy we're counting on has been a rough night so far. Things could change for him, though. I, you know you know how it goes. You, you get a good start in the – oh, there's Josh Grant. <laughs> <laughs> That's He's cool. pretty hyped for his little guy. That's awesome. Uh, you get a good start even if you – had a crappy heat race. If he can just get somehow come out with a good start in that main event, turn his whole night around. Yep. You know what I mean? He could yep. he could easily run top three, top five. Honda's looking good, having Sexton win one heat and Rocks in the other. Yeah, absolutely. Like they looked real strong, and I I figured it was going to be Eli and Ferrandis maybe coming in and asserting themselves as hey we're on this program we like and uh, Villeman like he's a good coach. And I think he's steering Ferrandis uh, into some good results. And um, fast, but not fast enough. Really impressed with Sexton so far. Not not surprised that Ken was able to win like that. He's certainly got that potential and just executed. But, uh, wow, that's a that's a really strong performance from Sexton so far. Yeah. It'll be, you know, again, this is, this is one of those things. Ken always comes out good. So will he be able to keep, keep that up throughout the season? Chase, we're still, you know, he, he should be, can he keep it on two wheels and keep it healthy? I guess yeah. for him, that's the question. Um, I feel like we're going to see Ferrandis and Tomac insert themselves into this championship yeah. chase, if not tonight, very soon. Those two are not going to just lay down and accept second or third. So. And the heat rate, heat race is just a fraction of the main. I mean, oh, I yeah. remember being in the main before and thinking, okay, I'm going to, it's kind of winding down. Then you get the halfway. And you're like, oh, gosh. Okay, this is uh, – that changes everything because <laughs> I was jumping that no problem, but now it's pretty rutted. Yeah. So I got to – you just have to start changing lines, and that's where the outdoor and the ability to kind of float around and wheelie over stuff the way that Tomac does. Um, he's really good at, at switching things up. And Ferrandis is maybe a little sloppy anyway. He's not like Sexton where everything looks perfect. Um, and that seems to kind of unfold a little bit better for him in, the, in a longer race. And the main event, it, it seems like forever sometimes. Yeah. It goes, it's, I'm glad, too, the way that when I raced, it was just 20 laps. Now it's based on time, so it doesn't matter what the lap time is. You're still going to be out there a while. And um, there's, there's a lot of time for these guys to, uh, in a heat race where the track doesn't change that much, you just sort of get stuck where you're at. And it's hard to expect a lot, but in the main, you, you can do a lot because 
the good lines are going to go away and people yeah. are going to have to switch it up. You know, there's one thing last year that caught me, uh, just caught my attention about Ferrandis, and that was Bud's Creek. He gets a bad start, which neither he, he, he or Eli both didn't get good starts in their heat. So mm-hmm. they're not, neither one of them is known to be great starters. They've got to fix that, right? That's, that's, you know, it's such an important part of the race. But he works his way up into second at Bud's Creek, and he doesn't, he gets second, and he is so pissed that he got second place. Yeah. And I thought, man, you're leading the championship. The guy that beat him, I, I can't even remember who beat him, but he, he actually made up points in the chase. He was pissed. And I thought, ooh, that's a, that's a guy who is just not settling for anything but first. Yeah. Second place is not good enough, period. And uh, that's rare, and that usually indicates that that guy's on a whole, whole yeah. different mental plane. Yeah, he's thinking way beyond. And his expectations. I remember being... You know, I just saw it recently as a photo of me somewhere at Daytona. I got second. Rode great. I messed up in the first lap and, and got shuffled back to, you know, pretty far back, 18th or 15th, something like that. And I got second. Great ride. And I'm in the podium, just my hand over the hand, my head's down over the crossbar, and I'm really ticked off, mm. really bummed. And it's good, you know. Honda went first and second, and happy for Rick and did one, but furious because I knew I could do more. And, you know, it's three points I had to give away that it's going to be hard to get that back and then get three more on top of it. So these guys, is, uh, when you see them that bummed for a performance that looks pretty good, that, that's an indication they got bigger plans than it looks like. That was kind of a it changed my opinion of him in a, in a positive way. I thought, wow, that guy's really on it. Hey, these are sure cool. Stasic uh, electric bikes. Man, you want to talk about a, a safe, fun way to get your kids involved in motorcycling from a very very young age before you can even pedal a bicycle you could be riding a you know one of these things around so cool oh they're out gosh dang it so colt nichols and jaleek swole both not gonna make it in dang wow, that's a big that blow is, for star yamaha that is a bummer does it have cooper out and colt right off the bat out i mean they're already thinking outdoor you know? Yeah, well, Jalik, too, this this was going to be a good year for him. He, you know, it's a guy who won a national last summer, definitely has potential and has showed a lot of speed, but needed a good Supercross season. Hasn't really shown it yet. Kind of cool to see Anderson there, like, real relaxed, smiling. You know, it seems like he'd be a little flustered and irritated, possibly, by the way that heat race went. But he's like, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm happy with how I was riding. It looked like he was riding good. He was just shuffled back, so... Uh, it's a good indication when you see somebody like that in the pits. And he doesn't know the camera's on him, you know, and he's he seems yeah. relaxed and smiling. Good I, sign. It is a good sign. I, I'm anxious to see him in the mix and see what he can do because um, he definitely has got the ability. These races, uh, I, I never wanted to be in the LCQ. I was a couple of times, and even if you're pretty sure you can win it, it's still so stressful. Oh, so stressful. If you make one mistake, you're out of the main and you're watching it in your gear someplace. If you watch. I got a little fire drill going on in the background there. I wonder if they bent up some bars or what they're changing on that. Don't see any real big hitters in this 
So it's going to be probably just uh, hold the inside. Stanky's you know? in here. He's 10th pick. I'd really like to see a 125 make the main, but that's a tall order. Who do we got? Maxwell Sanford. Walsh got the 101 up there looking good. These are scary to watch for me. Oh, oh, oh! Wow. Golly, here they come. You dodged one there. That, that guy doesn't look happy. Bad place to go down. Whenever people are in the air, you, you can't do anything about it. You, you're going to, hey, look at you. Look oh, wait. at me go. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so because that happened behind him, he's got a huge lead now. You know, I've had nights where something went, you know, crashed in the heat or whatever, went to the LCQ made it through, and, and there's times when that, that extra track time has been helpful. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you, you don't really have a, I don't know what happened to that guy. He must have cross-roaded coming off that jump. Uh, that that was close with the rider jumping into the corner there. He's almost. holding his hip. I wonder if he banged himself up. Yeah, you, I mean, it's obviously no fun being in this LCQ, but if you, as long as you get through, you know, you can use that extra track time. You're going to get a look at it because from the time you did a, a heat to now this race, the track's broken down quite a bit. There's different ruts, different lines. You can use this to your advantage. Um, I, I, I don't know that. Yeah, I mean, for the guys that are new, it's more experience and more time out there on the track and getting used to what it's like, all the, the fans and the lights, Yeah. the way that what it feels like to race a supercross. You're like, I can't believe this is really happening. And if you are expecting to be in the main and end up in the LCQ, don't want to be, then you do. Use it for time to get loose, time to think about, you know, this is a lot rougher and a few more ruts developing than what last time you saw it. So you start to get a, more of an indication of what it's going to be like in the main event. And stay warm. I mean, it's cold out there. It's dropping down in the 50s. The track's getting moist. There's a little bit more moisture in the air. And to just stay warm and a little bit more in the groove. Sometimes you sit at the semi too long and it's hard to get into it when the race starts. Yeah. Dylan Schwartz needs to get moving here. He's, uh, this is a kid that should be, should definitely be in the main event. He's one of those kids that's got a lot of potential to do something like he might be a little more comfortable in the outdoor stuff, but you got to be able to get it done both indoors and out. Stanky's got to move up a couple spots. That's tough on a 120. I can't imagine trying to jump all that stuff on a 125. No, I mean even if you're even if you're cheating and you got a 150 in there, it's still tough, yeah. you know. And I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt one bit if he is. I yeah, blame I'm it. sure a thing runs strong, but still, the, just the traction aspect. Well, yeah. it's the torque. When you've got to come out of those turns, he's only going to get to third in these whoops, and he's going to fall in. There's no way you can build enough speed to stay Yeah, his whoops are taller than everybody else's. Yeah, <laughs> yeah people forget how, how perfect you had to be on a 125. Like, he's doing that double out of that turn before the triple and second, grabbing third in the air, 
as long as he clears it just right, then he's got to be wide open to get that triple. These guys can screw it up, hit it in second or third, not the end of the world. So, you see the battle they're in when they come around that mechanic, dive up the inside. He was able to do it nice and still get through there. But when you come out of that right-hander, you jump into the right-hander. Then you're in that sweeper, and you're trying so hard to look for traction and find that little berm, that cushion on the end, and then somehow read your pit board at the same time. I don't know how they see that thing. It seems pretty much impossible unless you got a big lead, and you can take a little time, spot your mechanic on the way into the corner. Otherwise, you're not going to see it. I still, I'm a big believer that we ought to go to headset communication for these guys. I think that it's a, it would be a great safety tool. You know, if there, if there is a guy down on the backside of a jump or if the race gets red flag, you could just tell him, hey, shut it down, red flag. Yep. I, I think there's safety implications in it. I think it'd be great for, you know, times when you, there, there's races, you, you just can't see the pit board. Right. Just based on where, the, where they've got them, you know, and, and, and what your angle is coming out of the turn before. So, like, this one's not bad. I, I can probably glance over and see them. But if they could just speak into your ear while you're going, that seems just like a better setup to me. It's pretty neat. I've been to some NASCAR races, and you just get on the radio, and you can dial it into which team you want to listen to. And it's pretty cool. I mean, that, those guys are going fast. And four-wheel drift in it up here at Fontana, for example. And I'm watching where Dale Jr. was or Jimmy Johnson was. I went around the track in a pace car the day before. And I know how scary it is. And I know they're used to it, but still, they're doing, you know, 80 mile an hour faster than we were. Yeah. And they're so calm. And their spotter is so calm. It, but the information is, is fascinating to listen to. And I think it would add a really cool element to racing if, in case fans were able to listen in ever. And um, definitely, like you said, for being able to have the teams communicate to the riders, yeah, that would be an awesome feature. Now, there's some fantastic products out there. I think up. we've grown out of the pit board, I think. I think we have. <laughs> it's time for us to evolve yeah. a little bit there, you know. Like, I, sometimes we get so stuck in tradition, you know. There's a saying, you know, all these years of, of tradition unimpeded by progress. And I think it's time for us to move forward a little bit on that. There's, yeah, I would there's like no it. good reason to not have it. Um, if it's going to make racing safer and it's going to add an, an element of entertainment to fans, I mean, you could be listening to what the the leader's mechanic is saying to him while we're while we're racing. You know, that's that would be cool stuff. Like I said, I've used the Senna system a, a couple different times for bike testing or going mountain biking. Did a mountain bike ride with Troy one time, Troy Lee, and we're able to just talk while we're riding, and it's so fun. It just adds an element of fun to it as well. So those guys heading off into the tunnel that didn't make the main, bumming. Yeah. So close. Night's but over. Yeah. I've watched some mains in my gear, and uh, it's not a, not a fun feeling, but congrats to those guys that made it. Yeah. Hey, I want to give another quick shout to our sponsors, Yamaha, Matrix Concepts, SKDA, and Class X. Uh, check out all the Yamaha products. If you guys are, are uh, in the market for any kind of bike, generator, piano, whatever you need. They've got it. Uh, the Matrix Concepts folks uh, making awesome stuff. Look, we all need tie downs. You need a ramp. You're going to need all this stuff. Uh, get it from a company that's making quality stuff, that's got a long history in this sport. Eddie Cole's been around since the 70s, you know, yep. racing or, or working in one capacity or the other. He knows what, what kind of uh, quality it'll have and performance out of this stuff. These guys do a great job. Um, 
SKDA, if you're looking for new graphics for your bike, these guys are amazing with what they're doing. You can semi-custom design your own stuff. Uh, they're great with their shipping and uh, keep you notified when it ships, where it's at in shipping. Okay, it's on the way. It's been delivered. Keeps you up, just keeps you up to date as it's in process, so you're never wondering where your stuff is. And uh, again, look at uh, Class X. He's got a new website. It's Clash, class-xmoto.com. Uh, super fun race. I went and did the 125 Dream Race a, a couple of times, and what a fun event. You know, I mean, kind of tagging onto that. Yeah, I mean, if for no other reason, just for the humor, and the, you never know what Ricky Rogue's going to pull. And uh, Grant, I know him, and he's, he's hilarious, and he's got funny ideas. And, you know, it's one thing to have good ideas, but it's another to actually make it happen. And so that's how come I even got to know him, and he invited me up. I had a great time. And um, it seems like the people that go to his events, that they all enjoy it. And it's, it's a great vibe. So check him out. It's he's fun funny. to see, you know, different parts of the country. He, he's real big about trying to bring back grassroots racing, just kind of the, the old school vibe of yeah. back when it was just family and fun and there wasn't all the, I don't know, it seems like it's gotten, especially in the professional realm, just very sterile. Yeah. You know what I mean? Everything is just. He's not sterile. No, no, no. No, <laughs> no but the, the, the whole racing scene in the Northwest, you know, uh, around that Washougal area, Oregon, Idaho, Montana. It's it's still super fun. Yeah. It's obviously not as big as it would be in Southern California, but the folks that come out are just very just very down to earth people. They just want to have a good time and enjoy dirt bikes and, and get back to that kind of the reason we all started. We just enjoy riding bikes. And I think right? I think Grant invented the knack knack. I was looking at some pictures. He's oh, yeah? he had that going on way before McGrath. Yeah, that's what I heard too. Yeah, he's uh now. Hey, Grant, if you're watching, keep doing what you do, man. It's it's entertaining, it's inspiring, and it's fun. And you know, like you said, having that that aspect back in racing where it's it's fun again. Um, it always is, but sometimes we can take it too serious, and he doesn't. He doesn't, absolutely not. Uh, I want to pour one out for my homie Garrett Steinke, who's headed home tonight. Sixteenth in that LCQ, not going to get her done on the one twenty-five. No. No, he had a look, but went backwards. He was up there in, I think, seventh, and um, not going to get her done. Rich Taylor's son, Richard Taylor, coming up just short, too, in sixth. Getting to see uh, Justin Cooper and Nichols in that little package. Just hard to believe they're both out. What a yeah, blow. Wouldn't a, a wouldn't a, didn't see that coming. Alex Martin in his uh, 450 class debut. He's got the My Little Pony gear set all dialed in. <laughs> yeah, it's like cotton candy. He's aggressive. I didn't see what happened in the heat there. I, did, I didn't see him, but he must have had some trouble. He's a good rider. He should be able to go through here. We've got Brandon Hart ramps in this one. Let's go, Brandon. Who's not ready for him? Oh, somebody goes down hard. Ay, caramba. Who was that? High-sided. Yeah, they're coming in at such an angle that if you're, get, if you're in the middle, you got to watch out. Yeah, you don't yeah. get pinched and high-sided like that. in third up there. He definitely needs to get through. Martin's back in seventh, so we got some work to do here, people. 
Somebody else is down. Check out Bogle. Nice move up the inside. Joan Cross, Justin Bogle into second, Starling in third, Brees, Hart Ramp, Alex Martin, Cade Clayson, Entiknap in eighth, Chisholm in ninth, A Ray in tenth. There's a lot of good guys that aren't going to make it here. It's pretty smart by Bogle the way he made his move on the inside and then uh, kind of drifted a little bit just to take the line away, but not quite enough. He, he got it done back to him, but still hanging on to second. I think just experience and knowing you can be up there, and then bam, oh, rams no. it in for the lead. It, they lock bars, though. Oh, no, he's going down. Oh. Just when I thought he was looking experienced and made all the right moves, it just all went wrong. Oh, man, that is... That might be it for him. I don't know if he can cut through all these guys again. Yeah, it's not very much time to pass all those guys back. This is the bummer with the LCQ. He's fast enough, but he's, he's going to run low on time. He just run out of time. It's, a, it's so such a short race, man. That is the biggest problem with these ones. Uh, that's one he, wish he, could, he probably wished he could have back. So Starling, Brees, Hart Ramp, and Cross here right now. Martin just out of position. See, these guys following inside, man. So he probably is having trouble skimming, so he's jumping anyway. Oh, no, he's dead. Wow. That's it. Yeah, he can tell right there. He's like, really? Was that necessary? That's the kind of stuff that happens in the LCQ, though, man. You, you put yourself in these positions, and it's yeah. bad stuff can go, go down in a hurry. That's uh, something that... Uh, my dad used to tell me, he's like, do unto others before they do unto you. <laughs> you get back in there in these races, and the bad start and stuff, you, you just have to make the move first and apologize later. But here, it, it was uh, Alex took his time a little bit Man, going he, into that corner. He really didn't leave him any room either. Clayson just cleaned his clock. Yeah, Alex messed up that. He, he took, you know, a little bit of the slow way through the whoop section, and Classen just, he was there already. So that's a spin on the golden rule. What do you call that? Do unto others before they do unto you. Is that like the... Uh, well, it's just a racing thing. It's not rule. nice, yeah. you know, but it's like, <laughs> that's what you have to do when you get in an LCQ or, you know, a race where it's like they're only taking so many. And if you're back in the pack and you've got to make it happen, do it. Yeah. Don't ask permission. Then, you know, like you said, you got to deal with that guy later. Or next week, yeah, and maybe I'm, he owes you one. I'm so. sure Martin is going to uh, remember oh, yeah. that Cade uh, blew him out of his shoes and he'll get his little My Little Pony kit washed up and come back next weekend and let him have it. So, like we were saying, not a lot of time left, but uh, Bogle all the way back up to seventh. It's just he's got too much of a gap. Man, I hate to see him not make this main. Oh, he's a Canadian. I'm probably pronouncing his name wrong. It's probably like Qua. Eh? I don't know. Not bad. Going to the inside to that whoop section and still getting through there all right. Brandon Hartrampt was a member of the TLD team last year. He's, he's had some good rides at times. And, or uh, two years ago, worth of anyway. Got a move right here. All he had to do is just cruise across the inside, polite like that, pick up the spot. First time I saw him was at that uh, Red Bull straight rhythm, hmm. and he was fast. I, I didn't never heard of him. 
And I was talking to Sipes a little bit, and he told me he knew about him. He's like, oh, that guy's good. Watch him. And, he, you know, being on a lights bike, um, maybe, I don't know, he's pretty tall. He's a big boy. So yeah. it seems to be better fit. Maybe, a, yeah, a lot better fit. You know, it's interesting. You watch on TV here, and you're watching the LCQ, and you're comparing this to the guys who won the, the heat races, and you think, oh, these guys don't look that good. If you saw these guys at your local track, oh yeah, they would blow your mind. Right? Yeah, they're, I mean they are such good riders, but these tracks are technical. This is just a different animal. There's and, a uh, couple things that happen. One is it shows you how good the good guys are. Yeah. But it also, what it tends to do is take somebody who's pretty good locally, and you're not as good as you normally are when you get to this kind of a racetrack. And combined with the fact that you're against the the best, it, it doesn't make you look good, but shows you how hard it is yeah it's interesting to me always when i would go travel to other countries and places and race there's always a local guy who's awesome and you think why is this guy not winning on the gps yeah. or you know you go to canada and they just smoke you and you're like why are you not racing in the u.s you know look at dusty clatt and jsr and all these yeah. amazing riders and and they would do okay down here but man you go up there i mean they could be they would be if we took our best riders up there, they'd be in the mix with them. And you come down here, and they're way off the pace. Yep, something happens when you get into the to the big show. That was a good move. Oh, look at this. Brees coming in. This is He's a good battle. To, Watch this. Here it comes. He was Boom. trying to. <laughs> These two are going at it. Oh, now they're just stopping. Yeah, that was a, all the way down that rhythm section anticipating what's he going to do what's he going to do and it looked like they had it made but <laughs> it does a heel clicker <laughs> yeah he's pretty while, excited while that's happening Bogle's riding by like oh, why yeah, did I Chisholm. push he, he had a good idea to try to get into the lead but it backfired Chisholm Bogle Enticknap I mean that's a that's a list of great riders not making the main tonight All right, so Justin Starling puts it in to the main event. Yeah, he's pumped. You know, something that's really changed uh, from even even my days, I'm curious about when you, when you guys were racing. You know, the sport's just gotten much more technically developed, right? And yeah. I look at guys now warming up before the races. And I, I, you know, the, it just wasn't good trainers and good people around when I was racing to really tell you you needed to do that. Right. And so I would do some jumping jacks and run in place for a minute, you know, like, <laughs> but I'm like, yeah. I don't want to wear, I don't wear myself yeah. out. Yeah, you know, <laughs> save my energy, yeah. But yeah. once you, you know, now when you have somebody explain it to you, no, you, you need to get up to operating temp. It's no different than a car or a bike. You wouldn't yeah. just start it up when it's cold out and pin it. And so you'll see these guys spinning and doing different, you know, proprioceptiveness drills to kind of just warm everything up and get everything firing. And I think, man, I should have done better with that. Yeah. Did you guys do much? Not at first. I thought, I need to save my energy. You know, I don't want to be running all around and getting tired. <laughs> yeah. But then, you know, like, have to go to the bathroom or something like that and have to run to the to go and then run back to the start and, and get the whole shot. Yeah. And ride pretty good. It's like, well... Man, I was out of breath when I got to the starting line. And um, there's something to that. Mm. 
and then other times I would come in from a heat race and I wouldn't really start clicking until about halfway through it and then start feeling great. And then it sort of dawned on me that, hey, you know what, if I could already be kind of feeling warmed up and in the mood, then it wouldn't take me two or three laps to get there. Yeah. So I just kind of backed everything up a little bit. And I would, you know, it wasn't like I had a spin bike in the pits. It really wasn't such a thing. I would just run to the starting line. I would wait a little extra time, do my thinking at the semi or, or the box van where no one was around. Okay. And be quiet and everyone's leaving me alone. And I'd say my little thing or prayer kind of a deal and get sort of centered and then jog down there. And then that way when I got down there, I wasn't there for so long, I'd cool off again. And then by the time you do your sight lap, then I felt like I was ready. Another thing I would do is typically I would do, I'd be the last guy to get back to the starting line. Okay. So everyone else had to sit there a little while, and I felt like when I got there, 30-second card went up, and boom, it was seamless. Well, that's a lot of little tricks. There's other techniques. You know, some guys will do that sight lap at speed, Uh and their their theory is I want to get myself ready to ride fast. I want to warm the bike up where other people will just roll it very slowly. I think Reed yeah. used to do that. He would yeah. roll, and he'd make sure he was the last one back. And, you know, he'd stop. He'd look at the whoops. He'd look at different rutted sections, and kind of like you. And, um, again, make all those people wait. But when he rolled back, he dropped right in, and it was like they were ready yeah, to go. ready to go. Yeah, I mean, it, it depends on the mood you're in, I think. Looking at uh, Jet Lawrence here, I, I can't wait to see him get out there. It's too bad. It looked like he was ready. And his brother seems like he wasn't ready. But um, in the heat race, he rode pretty good, and he stepped it up a notch. But um, Jet, you can see right there, he's just young, fit, confident. He's got the, the team behind him, Red Bull behind him. He's, all the pieces are in place. But you look at that this age, I mean, that's a lot of things coming at you really quick at that age. It takes a while to figure out what to do with all of that. Yeah, he's got such a great family. His dad is one of the neatest guys I've ever met. Just super down to earth, super, you know, feet planted on the ground. And um, I saw Jet just in the last few months since he won his championship driving around in a Lamborghini. And <laughs> I'm kind of going, oh, no. Yeah. Come on, man! Don't don't fall into that trap, you know. And he's but anyway. you can't help it. I mean, look, it's just life has got to be really fun for him right now, <laughs> except for being hurt. Can you imagine you being know? 18 and having that much money and fame and you know? But then when you got to go out and deliver, you know, I mean, Carmichael there. I remember seeing his first race, uh, East Coast, maybe Indy or something like that, Indy. and he crashed a whole bunch of times and and. Uh, it took him a little while to figure out when to go hard, how to live in the limelight like that, but still remain yourself. It takes a little while to, to sort that out. Well, and you just hope you've got good people around you that will call bullshit on you if, if yeah. they need to, right? You get a bunch of yes men around you, and that's not good for you long term. Yeah, I mean, you know, like you talked about his dad, his, your parents are going to tell you. Um, but you get a lot of yes men around you, and there's so much personnel. Gosh, when you go down to the pits and look at oh, yeah. how many, it was like, which one's the mechanic? You know, it's like four or five guys standing around the bike. Well, and I'm they, the suspension mechanic. I'm the engine mechanic. Yeah. I'm the chassis mechanic. And it's hard for those guys that have been there a while not to want to, you know, hey, hey, remember, and try this, and don't do that, and watch out for this. 
you got so many cooks in the kitchen kind of a deal. It's, it's hard to sort through that. And then where's dad? Oh, he's somewhere else, you know, up in the stands. And that's who needs to be there. So yeah. it is important. Ricky knows. And, you know, before I'll bet you before they leave or Jet leaves from the booth there, he'll chat with Ricky a little bit. And it's hard as a, as a top guy like Ricky not to just share a little bit of your wisdom with a kid like that before he heads on his way. So they're showing his highlight reel from from that crash. This race sold me on him. I thought, man, this kid wanted it so bad. He had that win in hand, had a little stupid tip over, but he was not going to give it up. He could have very easily settled for a second and best finish of his career. Yeah. And, and maybe that maybe that was the right thing to do, but he was he's like, no, yeah. I'm going for the win. And it, it just sold me on him. I'm like, this kid wants it bad. Yeah. They... He had a good lead, started maybe getting a little nervous, thinking, I got it. What pace should I run? You don't know. It's new. And so he, he dropped off the pace a touch, then the mistake, and then he was just in a position of, like, here comes everybody. And that, that last nose we lead into the face, man, what a bummer. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen anyone ride the front wheel. No, that, that, was, that was some kind of a record. <laughs> That scores you a lot of points in Mad Skills Motorcross. And the whole stadium, you know, that's when Ferrandis, I think, came around, and they didn't like Ferrandis. And it wasn't so much that it was like Ferrandis is a jerk. It was like, oh, man, this kid we love. Well, they just took it from him. That was the same race where he cleaned Craig out. Yeah, I know. So it wasn't just the one thing, right? Ferrandis already had a few enemies, but. This, so this is another great example. And again, I don't know for sure if Hunter was, was ready to go. Maybe Honda said, hey, both be ready and we'll decide who's racing what coast. But my guess was that's not the case. They knew Jet was going to ride west, Hunter would ride east. Yeah. And so when he got hurt, they said, hey, Hunter, you're up, bud. Sorry, yeah. I know you wanted four more weeks. And it's in the back of your mind that it might happen, but probably not. You know, I mean, I know my brother. He's fine. And then, oh. So it, it seemed like, you know, that potentially that was what was the, you know, I mean, not potentially, possibly that was what was happening with Hunter and, and the practices today, but I heard he had a little bit of a scare yesterday during practice. Yeah, he did. And, um, you know, that kind of sets you back a little bit, makes you think, man, this is all coming at me pretty fast. Calm down, yeah. you know, and then you get in the lead like he was in the heat race. I thought he was riding really well. He just kind of a bad move there before the whoops to get, to not anticipate that pass and stay up. So he's properly motivated going into the main, I think. I would think so. I, I just think it's another, you know, people get all fussy about, why don't these teams announce who's riding what coast? This is why. Yeah. And Mitch started that thing. He just said, look, you guys are all going to be ready for A1, and I'll let you know a week out. Yeah. You know, but I want every single one of you ready. It's still tough, though, man. When, when you're thinking you're going to ride east, um, it's, how do you plan on something and not really plan on it? You know, that's a tough. It is to tough, me. especially when you're, you know, there's, there's a timing to it, right? Yeah. If you peak too soon, like if you plan on west and you're you're ready to go, and now you've got to go another month yeah. until you race. It's a long wait. I remember just uh, my first season, first couple seasons in Supercross. Actually, I didn't come out west on Kawasaki. I didn't have the the support yet to come out. My first year on Honda, I came out and was all ready to go. I was riding well and broke my foot like, you know, just a week before. So I, I didn't, uh, I didn't really get to feel what it was like to ride the first race and all those jitters. And then you think that that would be over, but it was actually 
building by the time I got into the series. Mm -hmm. So I'm watching everybody and thinking, man, I don't, they look like they're flying. I don't know if I'm that fast. I hope I'm just not embarrassed when I get put into the series later. And um, so when you wait around like the East Coast guys, I think it's maybe kind of hard to watch all that racing. And you start second guessing yourself and wondering like, am I, am I that fast? You know, and you feel like you're missing out. It was yeah. a little bit like that in the off season too. You know, you see other guys that are doing some race in Japan or races overseas and supercrosses and you're sitting on the couch and you're doing your program, but other people are racing. I always felt like I should be doing that. Out. Man, I'm, yeah. I'm getting slower and these guys are staying, you know, where they should be. That's a, that's another, you know, strategic question, you know, like Carmichael, he never did off season races. No. Jeannie had him down there doing his boot camp training and that was it. You yeah. weren't going to do anything in Europe. And you really never saw him anywhere. Like I didn't go to Glen Helen and see him riding or no. Elsinore back in the day. You didn't ever really see him going out and riding anywhere like other guys. Yeah. You'd see everybody else, but very rarely, if ever, would you see Ricky. I think he, it, it could have been that he was like, I don't want anyone to see. Not like it's anything great to see, perhaps. You know, let's just stay here and trust this is going to work. But it takes a lot of, a lot of faith. Yeah, and I think he was, you know, he talks a lot about how he was motivated by almost like fear. He didn't want people to figure out what he was doing. So yeah. he was very secretive with his program, uh, especially in the early years. And then he'd come home from the weekend and he would have just destroyed people. And he was still going, oh, man, they're going to figure it out and beat me next week. And yeah. i got to work so hard this week. And that was his routine week after week. Yeah. Year after year after year, you know. I remember talking to O'Mara one time about that, and I don't know how we got onto the subject, but I think Johnny wasn't going to all the races, and um, he had helped Ricky a lot early on. It was Johnny that introduced me to him, you know, in uh, back east. And I guess Ricky started to, you know, struggle a little bit, and he wasn't doing what he expected or his mom and his, you know, mechanic and everybody expected, so they Johnny came to a race, and pretty much all he had to do was just be like, what are you doing? Do you remember who you are? Get out there and go do that. And um, it just takes somebody sometimes to just kind of go like, hey, you know, yeah. Yeah. get out there and do the job. It has to be somebody you trust though, right? Yeah, you know, and he, he trusted I, Johnny. That's I why think they flew him Johnny in. changed, you know, he was really the first ex-racer to come in and, and be that coach, yeah. all around coach. You know, and, and um, look at how many we have now. Everybody has somebody, right? Uh, there's there's dozens of them. Here we go. This is, boy. 250 main event. You already were nervous at opening ceremonies. You're nervous for the heat race, but it just ramped up a touch more, right? It's, oh, I do not. This was the part of racing where I'd, I'd just hate it, but as soon as the gate dropped, it all went away, and everything just kicked in. But right now, with eight seconds to go, usually when the board went sideways, then you would kind of narrow in your focus. Here we are, cards going sideways. Oh, oh we got guys in the, the gate. gate. Gates down. I wonder if they if it flinched. Shimoto, no, that's Hammaker up the inside. And Freezy again, man. This guy can get some starts, right? And he is not easy to pass, so it's going to be interesting Hammaker, when they get to these. Wageman, Craig, Thury, Mumford, Marshbanks. 
down the inside. Oh, he had a chance. Seemed like Hamaker had a he had a good look up the inside. It looked like Shimoda got hung up in the gate. Maybe some there's some other top guys because we're missing some folks. Craig's up there. See Freezy tucked to the inside before that whoops. He had to. And then here comes Craig again. Well, he's gonna smash him. Oh no, he jumped over him. That was a nice move. He went over the hay bales to keep going. Hamaker's aggressive. Oh, Moseman. Oh, no. Mosey. That's a bummer. So he's way back. Shimoto's way back. Thrash is happened. way back. Yeah, he just got just punted. Got railroaded. I mean, he did the right thing by going out. I don't see why he went down. I don't either. What happened? Uh, it's hard to get going and get your balance. That shows you just how big those things are. I mean, you just you, it's hard to ride through them one at a time. You have to have some momentum, and he didn't have any. And uh, you can see Hunter going by. Lawrence, uh, he's pretty far back, 10th. He's in, he's in the ninth there, He's, but he's got to get moving here. Craig's going to be out front and gone before too long. Yeah, I'll I see Craig what. look over right there like, uh... Do I have the room? Because You're going to have to do that, right? Yeah. You're going to have to take a quick glance and make sure there's no one coming in hot. Now that he's got a little gap, he doesn't have to worry about protecting his line. He can just go after Freeze, but that's not easy. I'm really anxious to see what Hamaker can do. Can he hang on to Craig's pace here? This is going to be important for him if he wants to hang on to this, you know, stay in this championship fight. So watch Craig right here. Oh, oh close. Almost off the track. That's why he was looking back. Dodged one there. I mean, oh, that just and just a couple of inches from going off the track, and then he's back there with Moseman. So this is that same section where he just messed up. So you're not wanting to flirt with that far right side edge. Still looking over. Now when he comes out of this corner, watch him like see. He's gonna have to. He's got Hamaker right on him. But Hamaker knows if he's not close enough to make a pass actually stick, he's going to lose too much time. Look at this. Uh, thought he had the room to go in there and do it, but just decided to be a little patient. Saw what happened you, to Bogle in his LCQ. They tried to tuck across right there, and it really cost him. So yep. being patient here. I'll tell you what. I'm, I'm impressed, impressed with Vince Freeze. This is a seasoned rider, and he's holding, doing a good job keeping the pressure off. It's probably inevitable. You can see it coming, but he's doing a good job. And I'll tell you what, he's not afraid to bang bars. So Craig well, better be a little bit careful here. Yeah, Freeze's been in the 450 class for a while, and he, it's not like you have the luxury of being on your own. He's always getting attacked. This should do it. Yeah, that's yep. probably it. Now Hammaker's got to go. He's got to respond, yep. It's got to go because it's nothing against Freeze, but it seems as though his pace isn't quite on par with what Craig and Hamaker can do. So it's super important right now for Hamaker to just get up the inside, force the issue. Yep. Otherwise, Craig's going to be gone. Already is. Oh, jeez, oh, oh. that was that was close. <laughs> Hamaker riding the ragged edge there. You know, these tough, I was, when they went to tough blocks, as a guy who's landed on hay bales, I'm sure you have too. Oh, here goes Hamaker up the inside. Yep, that was a good move. He's he forced it. Yep. 
And uh, you know what? They, they're not that far behind Craig. No, he hasn't Seemed gapped. like Craig had a gap a minute ago. He, he must have made a mistake that we didn't see. So uh, I was saying, when they went to tough blocks, I was like, oh, what a great move. You know, hay bales don't move. When you hit them with your foot, I've seen guys twist ankles around and break them, and you land on them, and they don't budge, and you cartwheel. I broke a femur landing on a hay bale. But these things will sneak out and bite you, too. They're, yeah. not, uh, they're not perfect. Well, they're better. Um, the problem is they will tumble into the track, and sometimes you land on them and you can ride off. Other yeah. times, it, it can it, go both ways. You know, I've ways. been like these stupid things, but then sometimes you see a guy just jump off the side of the track and land on one, and it's forgiving, and he gets away with it. Where a hay bale would not let you do that. Yeah. Oh, Christian's just so good through the whoops. It, it, a track like tonight, where you've got two technical sets. And so you, Lawrence is stuck with doing this stuff, you know, where you're losing momentum. Yeah, you can make the pass, but it costs a lot of time for him to do that. And, yeah. uh, you know, he's probably hoping to be on the box. I imagine that's an expectation by everyone around him and that he has for himself, especially with Nichols out. Yeah, these opening rounds, you don't have to win, but you can't start off with a fifth or sixth if you want to be in the championship fight. You're giving up so many points right away to a guy like Christian, who's likely, if he doesn't have a big crash, he's not going to be off the podium all year. Yeah, I mean, for Craig, unless he's really getting bothered and a lot of pressure, having it come from, you know, mid-pack starts and things like that, unless, unless something like that's happening, he's winning. He's going to win these races. So you've got to keep the pressure on him. Right now, he doesn't have any. Lawrence has still got a time to get up there and, and make a good night out of it, but he's got to get in a hurry. These two could take each other out really easily, too. You can see some of those spots starting to get shiny. See all the ruts in between the lines there. That's that softness we were talking about earlier. This dirt has way more moisture in it than it typically would, so it's going to run up a little, but you see the shiny spots there. There is a hard, slick base underneath still, so we're going to see some of these guys start breaking loose, especially in that 450 main when and all the good dirt starts blowing off. Yeah, the, it's getting completely reshuffled right now. So for the 450 main, that sight lap is going to be a while. These guys are going to really need to take a good look at it. Oh. Thrasher down. Tough night for some of these guys. Boy, man. Some, some of the big Schmoda, players. Yeah. yeah, 16th. That was getting stuck in the gate and then being way back in the pack. You, you start messing around back there, you get battling with each other. Oh, if no. somebody makes a mistake, it becomes your problem. And it's like, gosh, it wasn't even my fault. And Moseman caught up again in another incident. Yeah, it was a good reaction for him. Hopefully. He had a little bit of time there to do something about it, and he did. Lucky Thrasher didn't get hurt in that. That guy came over on him and clipped his arm. He could have definitely done some damage in that. Free, still holding his own. Few second gap over Lawrence. I, I think coming, you know, if I was coming from the 450 class and went back to the 250, seems like it'd be. It's not like you're going to win, but um, if Lawrence wants to get past him and maybe get up onto the podium, like it seems like he could, Freeze is going to be like, good luck. You yeah, know, he's it's, not going to make it easy. On no, he's got all that experience of fighting off the 450 guys, so it shouldn't be too tough for him to fight these guys off. Shimoda looking good, but starting way too far back. 
Yeah, that's going to be a bummer. I don't know how far he can get up. And he'll get inside the top ten, I would guess, but that's going to be a chunk of points he's going to have to dig out of. Good ride for Carson Mumford. You know, he, he got really the raw end of the deal when the Geico Honda team folded up. He was expected to be a member of that team. They've been grooming him since he was on, on mini bikes. And uh, when they folded up, he was really left with no place to go. And it's it's a bummer for him. He's going to hopefully have a good season here and kind of keep himself in, in contention for, for factory rides down the road. As far as championship implications, David, how I mean, how important is it, and how do you stay focused for a guy like Moseman, guy like Shimoda, who they're expected to be in this title fight, and they're riding back in, you know, tenth, eleventh, twelfth place. You just ride as the best you possibly can. Every single point you can get, you get it, and you limit the damage. You know, like everybody's good, but when you're bad, how bad is that going to be? Yeah. And so. You know, rather than get flustered and get in a big hurry and panic, just ride good clean laps and know that there's still time left. You're going to pass, you know, hopefully four or five more guys and hopefully not be too far back at the end. You, you let the win go. You let the podium potentially go. But you don't get dejected and then later go like, oh, if I just would have passed two more guys at the first race, well, then do that now. You know, right. it's really important to stay kind of calm, you know, and just take, like you said, a deep breath over a triple and go like, okay, come on. Make the best of this bad situation. Travis Preston said something in, the, in an interview we did with him where he, he goes, I never knew what place I was in. When he won that first race on that <laughs> I was surprised, car, yeah. He goes, I, I never, he goes, I had a deal with my mechanics. They never told me what position I was in. Just tell me a lap time. That's all I want to know. He goes, I'm not even going to pay attention. I know what a good lap is, and he would just show me the best lap time of the of the race and where I was, how far I was off of it. Right. And I just was constantly looking, trying to, to hit that number. He goes, I, it was just me versus the track. That was it. And I thought, man, that's... It's real simple. Really simple, yeah. but that's really effective because all of the things that are probably going through Hunter's head right now, if, if he's not doing that, right, he's going, okay, where am I? Oh, no, Craig, he's my title contender competition. He's out front. How many points is that, you know? Oh, gosh, who now? Oh, 74. Can't see who that is right away. Well, if you're Lawrence and, you know, you're not up there where you, you think you could be, you, sometimes, too, you're, you're looking around at, like, where's everybody else? And he'll know that Joe Shimoda's back a bit, Mosman's back a bit. It's not a complete disaster. Yeah, you're losing a lot to Craig, but um, it's not a disaster. Hammaker getting some heat here from Marchbanks. Yeah, these guys, these guys are aggressive. It seems like Marchbanks is the one in the driver's seat here, though. I mean, you'd rather be out in front, but if you're Hammaker, it's it's possible at this point in the race you're getting a little bit tight. Tracks breaking down, you're having maybe a tough time switching lines, and if you feel a guy gaining on you, you immediately you're questioning yourself, like what. What line is he taking, you know? And you start thinking behind you, and then you're going a little bit slower. And that just seems to bring the guy even any quicker. Then, then you got to protect the inside. Uh, it takes you out of your race. And you hear people say, oh, I just want to ride my own race. Well, it's, that's one thing to say. It's another thing to do. Totally. And now when you start hitting lappers, uh, talk about another thing, taking you out of your rhythm. 
And if you're the guy in the front of a battle like this, that first guy through is the one having to rev his bike, make noise, get their attention. He usually takes the biggest hit in terms of time loss, and then the guy in second just slips right through. Yeah. So this is definitely uh, not an ideal position for Seth in terms of lappers, but he's got a little gap pulling it back out. Yeah, it looked like Hammock, I mean, uh, Marchbanks was, was gaining on him and probably going to get him. He's falling way off here. I wonder if uh, Hammaker made a mistake. Oh, he just got his front wheel up too high there. Forgot to make a left. Didn't need the net, but it was there in case. Mosman working his way up, but it's not as quick as I thought he would. No, and Shimoda Look at that. only to ninth. Watching Craig, he just comes out of the corner and is so light on the bike. He's a big dude, yeah. you know. He's he's not light. You know what's incredible but he looks too light. is he gets good starts every race. You yeah. rarely see him outside of the top five in a start. That's a that's a credit to the Yamaha team and his starting ability, man. He's he's a great starter. He's got to weigh 185 pounds at least. Yeah, I mean he's a pretty good sized dude, and and uh, the start is it's a lot of just remembering fundamentals and then. Don't try to do anything special. Just make sure that you get across the gate smooth. Mm. And as long as you don't get beat by the guys beside you, then you usually got a pretty good chance. Once you get out, grab another gear, and he's on a bike that's really fast. So if he gets out and doesn't get blocked, that's what happened on the start. Gosh, what a Sometimes it, for the first round, the, the, the guy tripping the gate's nervous. <laughs> and he, if he holds it a tiny bit longer... Then these guys are ready to go, and uh, man, it really bit them. Well, occasionally, like a guy will, will hit the gate, and it'll the, yeah. the whole gate will flinch all the way down, and it draws several other people into going. I uh, a couple of times tried to. I was trying to make up points on Johnson one year, and I would. I started next to him and went on purpose and held it to try to get him to get stuck in the gate. He, he was on to that. It, oh. we, I got a bad start, too. Okay. And he, he came and called me out on that later. He's like, I saw what you were trying to do. <laughs> Didn't work, did it? Oh, he's going inside. Yeah. This is going to be really good. Because Marchbanks can, and this, there's Lawrence. If these guys get messed up and start block passing each other, Lawrence is in the picture. Well, we got two laps to go. Hunter wants on that, on that podium bad. You know he's going to push it this hard. Oh, something happened. Garrett's either got a place he's making up a bunch of time or Marchbanks has made a couple mistakes because he went from having Marchbanks all over him to having a gap to now he's right back on him. Oh, there's another mistake in the whoops. Man, Lawrence is really gaining. Oh, this is going to be a tough two laps here, boys. Well, here comes Hunter. Oh! That was pretty polite. Maybe too polite. Wow. Oh, around the outside. That nice was beautiful. Move. That was beautiful. That was great. That cushion was out there. Oh, the mechanics were backing up. And that was smart oh, right no. there. He yeah, learned. Go to the inside. He still was able to get across those first few, and he still got a, a just a, a chance, maybe a slim one, but a chance for second. You know, they're not too far back. It wasn't like their pace was off of Christians too much. No, he backed it way down. Good for him. Nice. Great nice. Ride. Oh, look, look at this. this. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh. 
Wow. What a crazy finish. Hamaker gets it. I think so. Is right? he all right? He kind of yes. looks like he hurt himself. Uh-oh. Did he smash his foot? Yeah, he could just have his head down like it, something. Uh, he had a weird look. Boom. He hit him in the arm. And then he cased that thing. Watch him. He gets it. But watch him. He looks like something's hurt. Hmm. Huh. Well, we'll see Congrats what happens to Craig. What, a, what a finish. He Very delivers. Bad, oh, he delivered. Big. Not a big surprise, but it's another thing getting it done. And he was flawless all night. Pumped. Good for him. So the, the interesting part about, about that will be, how does he deal with that pressure race to race now moving on? Because he comes in, he, it, everybody's on a level playing field. He knows he's done the work. He gets a start. He wins pretty easily. He's at the fastest times all day. But now as you start getting around three, four, five, six, pressure starts to build. Now yeah. there's expectation. Now you're doing some math. Okay. Yeah. You start thinking too much and you're like, okay, sh how much should I be pushing it during the week? You know, all the things that it took to get you to this spot, you start going, okay, I don't want to take too many risks because I've been hurt before. And, you know, um, it goes through everybody's mind. I'm not trying to put things in his head. It's just that that's already there. It's already there. Yeah. And you're like, you know, <laughs> if whatever color socks he was wearing, he's going to wear that color yeah. next week. You know, you start thinking about things and maybe overthinking them a little bit. It's possible to do that. However, whenever I see Craig and, you know, they have a little YouTube channel or whatever, and I watch some of his stuff, man, he's a cool cat. Yeah. He doesn't seem, you know, like he gets too fired up about anything and uh, rattled. Seems like it's pretty tough to rattle him. Even when, when something goes really wrong, he doesn't react the way I'm reacting when I'm seeing it happen. Yeah. I'm like, oh, man, I, oh, wait, he doesn't seem that bothered. So that's definitely the kind of demeanor you need to have in the position he's in now. But historically, he has had a race later in the championship when he's up front that doesn't go right and he loses a bunch of points. Yep. I feel like, you know, that happens to a lot of guys. You're going to have a bad night. You're going to yeah. get a bad start. You're going to go down in the first turn, something like what Hunter just had. Yeah. And he made the very best of it. You yeah. Know? Dang it, he almost Good got second for him. there. But kept himself in the championship. It's on the chase. box. Yeah. And he knows he's... So he'll be happy with how he rode. He'll be frustrated, like, ah, blew it. But, hey, I'm riding good, and Craig's right there, and I'm standing up here next to him. So that's going to be a good fight. It, you know, a couple of good guys got taken out and, uh, of the series. Yeah. But um, Hunter's got a shot, and it, he, but he's got to put the pressure. You know, like yeah. I just said, it seems like Craig doesn't get flustered. Fluster him. Hmm. If you put the pressure on him, then potentially he could make that mistake. But if you just leave him alone and don't push him that much, you know, it could be that Craig is he's mature enough now to go, like, I'm not going to make those mistakes like I did and push a bad position. That, that's possible. But uh, Hunter's fast, and he's just going to get better. Craig is operating at a level where he's, he's already good. How much better than that is he going to get? Mm -hmm. I don't know. But Hunter can improve quite a bit I think still and he's got Jed over there like his you know cheerleader going he should have done this and go like that next time and so it's kind of cool that the the dynamic of two really fast brothers to be able to kind of help each other out a little bit totally yeah I I think that the, the the hardest part at least for me when I was racing for that championship in 2000 I led the whole series and 
I was constantly in my, in, I was overthinking things. Yeah. I remember around very specifically, it was Houston that year. I mean, I got a bad start, worked my way into second, and Shea Bentley was leading. And I remember thinking in my head, I could probably catch him. There was maybe four or five laps to go. And I thought, he did really bad at the opener. He's probably way back in points. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to risk it. Mm -hmm. And I took second. I just kind of settled in. Uh, I lost that championship yeah, by two points. I know. The difference between a first and a second is three points. Yep. So, you know, my, I mean, I just learned, and I try to tell young guys, don't ever just race every race like it's, it's a one-race yeah. one deal. Don't, you yeah. don't want to do anything that's stupid that will make you crash anyway. So just yeah. whatever you did at A1, whatever your mindset was, yeah. keep that keep same pushing. mindset. Don't ever do math. If you're doing math out on the racetrack, yeah. we're dumb motorcycle guys. Don't do math. I mean, it's good to have an awareness of like, okay, he, that's where they are, so this isn't so bad. But, but yeah, when you start thinking that much, then you come back later and wish you'd done more. Did you have a, a strategy like that would keep you focused on the right things not thinking about that or what what was your mindset um i would take the race in sections and then i would practice for it in sections so 20 lap main i'd break it down in okay the first five laps and then the next five and so i'd, I'd be like okay just like get into a good position like make the most of the first lap or two in case you didn't get the start get in a good position then maintain for a bit and let the race settle down, calm down, because you know when you get to past the second five lapper, in, in my mind, now I'm at the halfway point, and it's the horse smell in the barn at that point. You, you feel like, okay, I, I know how I can ride in these last ten, so it's like get to work. Yeah. And then in practice, you know, I'd be all by myself in Axon, Virginia. You know, there's no one around making myself really nervous, thinking about different scenarios and stuff and practicing specifically for what I thought might be taking place in a race. Mm -hmm. That always helped. I noticed he Moseman, looks okay now. Moseman came back to sixth. That's not, that's not too bad for him for championship points. Yeah, he's pretty good. I thought he might get up a little further, but yeah, looking at Hammaker here, he, he didn't look good coming off the line or off the finish line, but uh, he seems okay there. Yeah, it looked That's like good. he was either maybe his shoulder, arm, or maybe his leg. Maybe he was just sort of celebrating that he hung on. <laughs> yeah, that was close. Really close. Good for him. He came out to the to golf with yeah. us. Yeah. yeah, he golfed with a great guy. Just a really nice kid. So he got tagged a little bit. Then he almost blew it on his own. Man, you never want to roll through the fence. You, you had to, but you're worried, like, am I going to get landed on? It wasn't the prettiest uh, finish line jump, but. Now, just a nice kid, hardworking, and uh, I'm, I'm excited for Mitch. He's, he's really had a tough handful of years. I mean, the guys that were expected to win titles for him got hurt, and, and it happens. But he's gone from being the. 250 class juggernaut to yeah. man, I, I hope we get a podium this week yeah <laughs> and star racing Yamaha has kind of taken over that uh, that well role. you know sometimes it things shift like that and it, it it's kind of nice because then you get a little hungry again totally you know? so yeah. those guys are definitely working hard over there to get back to the level they were once at and Hunter that was uh, from looking at him in the practices and stuff 
seeing him a little ways back, it took him a few laps to get going, but man, when he got going, he was fast. We'll listen to what he's got to say here. It was. <laughs> Those two have a really cool uh, dynamic between yeah, the two. You know? I like it. Yeah. yeah, can you imagine having a brother that's like as fast or faster than you? you no, know, I mean, you know, I was trying to think of other brothers. You're riding different coasts, so you're not competing against each other. It'd be pretty neat. It'd you know? be neat. Yeah. You know, the Alessis were, you know, I'm trying to think of other brothers, but there's never really been any at that level. You know, Jeff was never quite as good as Mike was. Right. I don't know. Am I missing anybody? Was there brothers back that you can think of? I'm kind of drawing a blank. The Volans, yeah, I guess. Yeah, Tyson guess Volans, was. Yeah. Tyson was was in there for a while. He was a little I bit think, older than Tyson. Yeah, Tal, huh? I think they didn't. They overlapped a little bit, but they weren't like it wasn't happening at the same time like it is for these Lawrence brothers. But they are. I think they both have won Supercrosses, so that would be race-winning brothers. You know. Yeah. So what are you seeing in that in that 250 title championship chase there? How do you see that playing out from what we saw tonight? I don't know if uh, Hamaker or Shimoda have enough to to do anything about Craig or Hunter. So it's looking to me already like it's coming down to Hunter hunting down uh, Craig and putting the pressure on him. I mean, he's not what five points, so that's not that. That big, but five points is easy. You got you got uh, short series. Moseman in six, which is going to put him at like seventeen points. He's still that's not out of it. Like I said, yeah. Craig has one bad night, and it all flips back around. Shimoda was inside the top ten. He's going to be a ways back, but I would say those four guys are probably able to run the a winning pace. Yep. Um, maybe Hamaker can work into that a little bit, but yeah, I think uh, Moseman. Um, I mean, he's definitely fast enough to be up there and, and do something, but he can't afford any more mistakes like that. Or otherwise, I mean, if you give up two more points, three more points, you know, even on Hunter, um, that's where you're going to get it back. There's not enough races. And um, what I like about what I saw with Hunter, I mean, with Craig, it was just all Flawless good, yeah. right? So he's pretty polished. With uh, Hunter, it seems like he's going to get better. And with Mosman, we've already seen he's, he's good. But he blew it there a little bit, and it was off. And so he can't afford that again. Otherwise, it's, it's done. But he can he can get up there and win a race. There's guys who've, who've DNF'd, and I'm living proof. Shea Bentley crashed out of the 2000 series opener. Nate Ramsey crashed out of the 99 series opener, came back and won the title. So it's definitely do it. Those guys came back from 20-point deficits to win it. Yep. The problem with having a bad opening night round is that's your that's your one gimme mm -hmm. and now you've got to be perfect yeah you know what i mean you you you, you certainly that's can't be I mean. off the podium again with uh with hunter i think he's i i just saw him coming when we we're watching that battle for a second i'm like okay that's i was already thinking this is that's i didn't expect to see him there because he was kind of just hung and hung back but when he just got it together and started riding that fast okay it's it's in there he believes. He's like, oh, it's that close. He seemed kind of, you know, happy on the podium. Like, I'm good. I'm good. And to see that from him, that's why I kind of felt like it's kind of between. Uh, so Moseman is going to have to ride.
perfect all the time, but now he's got that pressure to not make a mistake. And sometimes when you feel when you have that, you make them. Yeah. You know. It's not a great position to be yeah. in. On the one hand, you get to a point where you go, "Well, I gotta win." And hey. you, could, you could maybe get yourself into a mindset where you take the pressure off that way. Yeah. Right. Like, okay, I got nothing to lose. Hey, he's on a, the perfect team to keep him calm and yeah. like, hey, let's have fun. You're not out of it. You can go do it. They've got a great program over there, but they got a, a gap. This uh, this mud race they're showing from Anaheim 2005, I think it was. That's one of the few times in my life I can think of. Or as a spectator, I sat in pouring rain and did not care. Yeah. That was so good. Stuart, the, the anticipation of him coming in, the battle between Reed and, and Carmichael, just in their heat race, the intensity was so high. And then Kevin being the mud rider that he is. And yeah, that, that was, was a radical night. That was a cool night. The perfect storm well, that, that season, you know, was what they called it. Yeah, I was sitting not too far from DeCoster, and remember, Carmichael had come over to Suzuki. And then Ricky like, crashed a couple times, and he was trying to pick his bike up, and he fell over again. And, and just out of the corner of my eye, just my periphery, I could see Roger, like, oh, he was just <laughs> tense enough. You know, he's pretty calm, and he's been around, but he was, he was coming unglued a little bit. Well, I wish I would have seen that. He... Uh... He laughed at me one time. I was in the <laughs> managing the Troy Lee Designs team. It was 09. And Chris Bloss was leading his heat race in Phoenix. And I'm hanging out of the team manager's tent, swinging the jacket of my, my, my coat jacket, uh, trying to just cheer him on. And I'm losing my mind. It was only the second or third race I had been a team manager for the team. And he looks, I, I kind of glance over at him <laughs> after, I, after he goes by. And he just smiles and he's laughing and shaking his head like, <laughs> What a rookie. <laughs> hey, so uh, Eli selected the far inside gate. Um, Does that seem weird to you? Because I would never pick that. That seems way too far inside to me. I would have been yeah. at least five bikes over. So what he's – it says something to me here, and, and it's that, okay, this is the safest place to be. If I don't get a good jump, I'm going to tuck it around the inside. It won't come out too bad. If I get a good jump, I can control the inside, but not completely because guys on his right are going to come in with a better angle. But he'll still be able to tuck it around the inside. So it says he's like, I want to play it safe because once I get out there, I'm fine. It's not like he's going for the whole shot like some of those guys that lined up further out. Mm. It's an interesting strategy. It was something that I noticed Villeman uh, used to do when I was coaching him. He liked starting on the inside, and he – Always was able to tuck it around the inside and come out in pretty good shape. Thing is, these guys these days are, they're all pretty hip to that, and everyone's thinking the same thing. So I want to answer another question from Instagram here. Um, and it actually has something to do with starts. That's why I wanted to answer, ask this one. Let's see if I can find it here. Oh, man, lots of questions. We need to get back to some of these. Okay, this is from, oh man, TYK Wall. It says, Ping and David, I want to know what you think it would be like if we went away from hole shot devices and let these guys whiskey throttle their way to the first corner. <laughs> I think it would be a good way to separate some guys, and I think the fans would love it. Listen, uh, I appreciate that question. I've been saying this for a long time. I hate those start devices. 
there used to be so much more technique involved mm -hmm. in coming off of the gate. You know, imagine the, the horsepower of a 450, whether you're talking about sticky, tacky dirt or these yeah. metal grates they got now, that feeding of the power, you know, and, and body positioning and having to just do everything you can to keep the front wheel down and deliver that power smoothly. There was so much skill involved in mm -hmm. that. And now you watch these guys, they, they, you know, they basically just drop the clutch and, you know. Yeah, the they've, bike. They've got a light on their. on their, The bike kind of does it. Yeah. You know, you've got the revs and the traction control and you've got a metal gate, so it's the same. And, um, you know, I mean, you want to see things evolve and get better. But um, that's such a critical part of the race that it seems like you want to put some rider ability back into it. So I agree with you. I'd like to see that thing go away. And um, I think that there's a safety component to it too, especially a short start like this. Mm -hmm. It would separate them more. Yeah. There would be the, the, the yeah. more skilled they riders all be would, packed. would be out front and there yeah. would be a, a bigger separation between those who got it right and those who missed. Right. And what I was going to add to it is, is the difference is so drastic. If you watch what we had uh, in the 80s, I think Jeremy was one of the first to start uh, moving his feet around in front of the foot pegs and then really hugging the bike and then shifting with his boot mm -hmm. so he didn't have to pick his foot up and do all that. We were trying to get so much weight over the front end that we had our legs and our knees behind the foot pegs, so we were laid out over it. Mm. Like It took that much to keep the front end down on our 250, which at the time didn't even put out as much horsepower as these 250 two-strokes or four-strokes do. Yeah. So they're on... Uh, I can just imagine how hard it would be to. That would be add another element. Heck yeah! I, I like that. I think you, it would be cool to you, see that go back. Sometimes you take a step too far, and it just makes it all too easy. I think uh, make the riders have to figure that out. All right, let's see if we can find another one here. Um, let's see. Is it possible? This is coming from JD Herrera eighteen. Is it possible for anyone outside of the top 10 in both classes to make a decent living in Supercross? You know, we were chatting a little bit about this earlier. Top 10, I mean, maybe there's some guys in 10th, 12th, 13th that are, that are making decent money. But if you're just a guy who's, I would say, 15th to 20th, I don't know that you're making much money. No, I think it costs so much. Um, yeah, I mean, you'd have to do it for a lot of years, you know to ever get to accumulate to anything and uh depends on what kind of a living <laughs> you expect to yeah. have you know <laughs> do you live in a trailer park or do you want to live in a you know? yeah i mean you you got to be uh in the main always and probably in the top 15 to be making a living in the 450 class obviously these guys are out on their warm-up lap and um before the 450 mains, you got a little bit of a gap since the 250s ended, so they've got enough time to go out there with the tractors and fix a bunch of stuff. So you get into a little bit of a situation like they had in their heat races where the track is pretty fresh. Yeah. Another look at Webb, just, does that bike turn or not? Right there, I think that was his, his mistake. Could have been. I think he was thinking, let me go inside that rut. Maybe. That's what it looked like, because the way the wheel was turned. And um, it was just too loose. Probably been better just to stay in the rut and then wait a little later in the race to start ducking underneath that. 
But it's something I definitely want to keep an eye on because you make that big of a chassis change and you know, you're picking up some time in the whoops potentially, but that was a really strong point mm -hmm. of that motorcycle. Yeah. And it's been that way for years. And to see them do something, you know, I would, it's a little bit surprising like, if they go away from it's it. It's a little bit like the horsepower, you know, I always wanted a little bit more bottom end, but then you sacrifice some top end. And with suspension and, and the, you know, you, you give up a little of this and you get that. Yep. So you have to make up your mind. Do you want to set your bike up for the whoops or for the corners? Do you want to set your bike up for the start or the track? You know, so, so I know that uh, talking to Skip Norfolk back in the days, it was working with McGrath. He would just ask him, do you want your bike to be good in the whoops tonight or off the start? How important do you think? You know? And so they would just weigh everything out and decide, okay, the odds are and the stats are we need a start. I can, I'll figure out the whoops, I'll jump through them or whatever, but I need a start. And so they'd set their bike up like that. And with the frame, that's not something you can modify. You, you can fix power, you can fix yeah. suspension, but once you make a decision with the frame, it's that's solid. It. Yeah. yeah. They're showing the ruts here in these start lines. That's something that um, when we talked about gate position, you know, the difference between fourth gate pick and tenth, that's why it's so important. Yes, it's a metal grate even across the board, but those ruts out front, you'll get a hole, and you can't really tell there, but some of those holes will be 8, 12 inches deep by the main event time. And, and crooked. It might be a great position, but the, the hole is terrible. You know, actually, Rick Johnson used to always say, um, condition over position. Yep. Uh, he would look for just the best, the best uh, line past the gate, even if it wasn't in the best spot, because he knew that if he could drive good for that first 20, 30 feet, you know, the writing's on the wall then. You're yeah, either in you, front of the guy beside you or you're not. When you look from Tomac on the inside, you get, then you get Barsha, and it's just good guy, good guy, good guy, good guy, yeah. all the way, almost completed it outside. Every single guy in this race is capable of getting a great start and running up front for the first several laps, if not the whole way. Good look from the far inside of Tomac there. Oh, the nerves. I'm nervous. Oh, I'm not even racing. Yeah. It's good stuff. Yeah, I mean, you look at this list, definitely everybody inside the top ten, if one, any one of them won tonight, you'd be like, okay, yep. And there's still like Cincerillo and Anderson. And Here we go. Revs are up. Gates down. Here we go for the main event. Up, oh, Tomac got, got pinched. Hard. Sexton. Kenny and, and Sexton. And Kenny. Wow. Well, to your point, Honda's been doing their homework, looks like. Wonder how Sexton will race into this inside. Yep. Oh, is he going to uh, do it? Polite. Nope. Polite. Webb's up there. AC's up there. Barsha's right there. Let's see who else got good starts. Anderson's up there. He's in like sixth. So Tomac and Ferrandez, who I thought would be really strong, they're they're buried. Yeah, that's a bummer, man. See We're that? That was pretty cool by Sexton right there to jump through that. Now he knows he can blitz them and jump through them. That's, that's yeah, that a nice smart. thing to have. He probably spotted that on that sight lap and then yep. put it. Because then, if you're stuck pocket. having to go to the inside, you can jump through them. And later, if you don't feel like you can blitz them even from the outside, you can still get, jump through them. It's not slower. That is, much slower. This is something in this class that's so important is to be able to have an alternate line. And, and the, the tricky thing about it is 
you go all day long and they're in pretty good shape, like you have to skim them. A lot of times you can't even jump through them early in the day. Then they'll shape them up again for the heat races so they're fresh for the heat again. And it's not until you, you ride around this parade lap that you see, okay, I could jump through these. I need to go wheelie over the, the set whoop and then three, three, three. Yep. Or, you know what I mean? You've got to just look at it, put it together in your head, and then execute it first lap. Oh, Malcolm's not in too bad of a position here. He's able to check everything out. There you see Tomac. It's <laughs> a lot of um, talent, man. Yeah, this is this is really good stuff. I, I don't remember seeing, I mean, I've heard it a lot and been tempted to say it myself, but seriously, I don't remember seeing this kind of depth. Every one of these guys can win. Look at McElrath up there, too, with a great start. So what's happening is uh, while Honda... Roxon and, and Sexton are seeming to be in the clear and checking out. These guys got to worry about protecting the inside and all that stuff, and it slows the pace down just a touch. So that's giving them a little bit of a, a freedom out front to perhaps pull a gap that's going to be hard to reel back in. Yeah, and if you're Sexton, as long as Kenny isn't slowing you down, you might just be better off tucking in with him yeah. and going, let's, let's go. Let's yeah. go five, six, seven laps at speed and see if we can get a little cushion between us. Yeah, I don't think Ken's going to hold Sexton up. <laughs> yeah. He's pretty fast. No, he's going. Look at all these guys going inside. Even going wide, Tomac goes wide to Blitz. He didn't, didn't really make up any no. time. So as they get that cupped out and beat, beat up, jumping does become a better option. It's part of why Coop's, even though he wasn't great at Blitzing whoops, he always figured out a good jump rhythm and he would make it work. So McElrath is like, wow, so this is what it's like up here. Like, here comes another guy and another guy and another guy. Yeah, that's so much pressure. Uh, he's solid, but these guys are just a little bit more solid. They, they probably expect to be ahead of him and in that position more than McElrath does at this stage of his career. And it's tough when you get one guy goes by and then another. Yeah. another and you start to go wow am i you're I like well I don't okay belong here okay i don't mind that that guy just got me but you know okay i'll just settle back in but you can't i mean look at the pressure he's got yeah see eli goes wide he doesn't make any time even even skimming through good he's not making time up now it's no faster now it's just insides and if you can still get through the section just as fast then get to the inside shorter distance good rhythm and when you're jumping through them, it's not as risky. And when you skim them, if you hit one a little weird, then it messes you up. We're jumping through them. It's, it's pretty consistent. Oh, McIrath cased that one. He loses another spot. Yeah, he was jumping through. Lost his momentum. Oh, Malcolm almost goes down over there. He clipped the back of his tire. So when you're going down that straightaway, you see Sexton and, and Roxon all the way. They've already finished that straightaway and the next straightaway. They're in the mechanics area already. So you start kind of thinking, well... No way we're going to catch those guys. Sexton's got that jump line down smooth. The other thing about jumping, it's always an energy saver. Uh, trying to skim, I don't care even if you're great at skimming whoops, you're going to burn more energy holding on and trying to keep that thing straight than you are just going rup, rup, yep. rup, three hops and ch chases. So remember earlier I was talking about how Sexton is, is new, he's the young guy. Um, he doesn't have the experience, but and I could relate to him because when I signed with Honda, everybody there was a lot of good guys already there. 
and he, he would be able to learn from Ken, who's won this opener three times before. He's a, a champion. He was a world champion before he ever came to the U.S. And Sexton's close enough to be like, oh, okay, so he's doing that. That's pretty cool. Oh, it sounds like he's a gear higher right there, maybe. That's the throttle sound. And he's learning so much. And the longer that he stays with him here, the more he can start getting a little bit confident, thinking, hey, you know, second's fine and all, but I can win this thing. Uh, that's how I felt the first time I ever raced here and won. I was following Glover for long enough that I started building confidence and learning how to go faster in the race. And so Sexton's in that position right now. Ken's got the pressure. And it's great when you're in that seat and you can watch, like, if you just noticed, as he went inside and jumped through those whoops, he made time on Ken. Yep. So he knows, okay, I, I'm faster here. So if, if he can come inside and block him, he can jump through and, and be able to gap him and stay ahead of him in the next turn. He's also learning where, where Ken is faster and going, okay, he's hitting this line and he's pulling me. And then he'll correct that. So it's actually a great position for him to be in. If he could sit there for 10, 15 laps and just learn and then pull the trigger. Yeah, it's, uh, unfortunately, it's just super cross. <laughs> and that started with an if. Yeah, and if. man, it's so many ifs. So here's that section again where you're saying, Look at that. It's pretty nice. He jumps right up on him. and mm -hmm. So it, it'll be interesting. I think that uh, Roxon may get kind of keen to that and duck to the inside I here bet, soon. I bet you're right. He keeps seeing him poke a wheel in. and Yeah. But, you know, these if they don't have pressure from behind, and they don't right now, um, they got a four-second gap. That's plenty of time to be patient with each other. But uh, Ken is starting to show a few little flaws, and Sexton has got the inside down the straightaway. You can tell Chase wants this. He's not, he's not just going to let him go. Yeah, Ken cut over. He could sense it. I just wonder how aggressive will he get. Will he make contact with him here? Um, Round one with your teammate? That's... It'll be a love tap, but he, he was going to have to – there's going to be something. I don't see how he's going to – Ken's going to have to blow it and give it to him. Otherwise, you're going to have to get in there and bump just a touch. But look Here at this. Here comes. <laughs> yeah, he's still being nice. And, and the, the way that he's racing Ken, they're not slowing each other down. Like, I didn't think Ken would, ooh. Wow. I didn't think Ken would, would uh, hold up Chase. I just Here he said goes it. across the inside. Quite but enough. it does look like right now he is just a tad. It, it seems, I don't know what we think, but if uh, Sexton were able to make this pass, I think he'd pull out a pretty good gap. I think you're right. I think he's got a little bit more speed than Ken, and he knows it. But Ken is, he's been in this position. And remember I was saying that he's got to prove to himself he can win when it was his to win and he gave some away. If he can prove to himself, he floated in there nice. Wow, the way he got in that whoop section was really clean. If he can prove he can hold his teammate off here and win this one. Um, oh, 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 wow. And that's what I was saying with Ken. He knows that, hey, this is a long race. I dare you to stay behind me and put the pressure on me for, you know, 15 more laps. It's not easy. Man, what happened there? He just hung a right. I wonder if he caught a rut. I think he started in early and, and it kind of did a – funky little rebound and he high-sided he was lucky to save it the way he did he could have gone over that berm and that would have been 
Yeah, it was a good recovery. An extra 20 seconds of time. And here comes Barsha. When you're trying to relax, you can't with him behind you. So I think he's going to start in. Yeah. He did a little funky twitch there weird, and I saw huh? it. You can see like an S. An S well, what, just out of our view, when you land there, you're on the brakes and compressing, so the suspension's a little bit nervous anyway. It wants to rebound, and there's some little bumps right there from people landing in different places and overjumping it. So he got into one of those. And, and that sticky dirt, too, even if there's a little groove, it'll grab you and pull yeah. you one direction or the other if you're not right square with it. So Anderson to fifth. You got Barsha fourth, Webb in sixth. AC moved up to second. Ferrandis and Tomac, ninth and tenth. Wow. Well, we were wondering how they would do at the opening rounds. and Oh! oh. Wow. Sexton's down. Oh, whoa! <laughs> Mal comes off the track. This guy about dies. That's why those guys wear helmets, yeah. I guess. So, yeah, this is, uh, man, remember I was just saying, yeah, it's Supercross, and that's a big if. Um, man, it just shows how fast things can go sideways. I mean, it, that wasn't that big of a mistake. He just got a tiny bit offline, and he was trying to put it back together, and then front wheel tucked. Oh, man. Rough AC night. was anticipating that, too. Here comes Webb. Up the inside. He's going to make that one yeah, stick. That's the line I think he was trying to do earlier. Yeah. So from that turn, it doesn't look like that. Yeah, <laughs> he turned on a dime. Turn yeah, that's the stuff that that bike does that that you saw Dungey do, that you can see Moosecan do, and you've seen Webb do. That's just, it's beautiful. So although Barsha's 11 seconds back, um, he is in second, and the whole idea of him winning this thing for fourth time in a row, which would break Jeremy's record, that that's possible. Especially when they get into lap riders, that shakes things up a lot. About 10, seconds, 10 minutes left of this race, so he's, he's, it could happen. Uh, Ken is historically pretty solid at these opening rounds. I can't see him blowing well, a 12-second lead. Well, what tends to happen, though, that we highlighted is that he sometimes starts to get a little bit nervous and slower and give these things away down the stretch, and Roxon tends to pick up the pace down the stretch. So Web, yeah. There's that to look for. Although he dropped a second that lap, he's got a lot of company behind him, and that's going to push the pace. Barsha, that is. Well, and I'll tell you, even, oh, we got another rider down, Moose Can and Malcolm Stewart. My guess is they connected in that turn. Let's see if they'll replay it for us. Oh, yeah, Moose Can's way inside. Wow. That seems like a kind of a brain fart on Malcolm's part, huh? Like, nah, he was obviously there. Yeah, he's kind of putting his arms up like, what are you doing? I don't know that, that uh, Marvin needed to move over that much to make that pass stick. Perhaps they were already kind of arguing over their lines before that, and Marvin once again was like, I'm tired of it. Get out of my way. Is That, that pass had just a little bit of attitude in it. Look at Jason Anderson. Yeah. Up into third on his uh, debut ride on the Cowie. That's a great ride for him. Bringing Webb with him. So Barsha's cut a second off, but again, you know, if you're looking at a nine, nine minutes left. 
But these three guys are going to push each other, and Rox is out there going, I wonder, like, how fast should I go? I hope there's no lap. Or, you start thinking. Yeah. But that's enough of a gap to start, you know, thinking, okay, I got this as long as I don't this or that. And those aren't the thoughts you need. It's just keep doing what you've been doing. Keep the hammer down. Because if, he, he, if these guys tear into his leave even half and cut it down to five or six seconds, uh, the pendulum swings to these guys and totally away from Ken. Anderson looks like he's coming, too. Yeah. I don't think got, he's done. I like that line he just took there, too. Getting into the whoop section, he just dodged the rut, dodged everything and made his own track. Kept his momentum up. I think one thing that could really shift this is if Ken makes a mistake. Yep. Even if it's not huge, if it just throws him out of his rhythm, that's enough for Barsha to smell blood in the water. It's enough to kind of throw Kenny out of his rhythm, maybe get him get his heart rate up a, a few beats. That's all it could take. Sexton, is he's only back to seventh. I mean, sixth, make that. Oh. Um, that's a pretty good recovery because he, he messed up oh. a couple of times. I thought Dylan's, he got shuffled oh. way back. going on couldn't get that thing to fire man this is a bummer of an opening round for Eli and for Ferrandis Plessinger kind of kind of out of this two way back in 12th yeah Anderson's coming he's been known to put on some smooth moves on the final lap I remember him doing that to Seeley <laughs> um I, think I watched him at uh, the motocross of nations in Bajora. He held off hurlings the whole race with a broken foot. So when he's up there, he's got a nose near the front. Um, he's a problem. And he's got Webb back there, too. To yeah, they can't. Think about a little bit. He's not pressuring him. None, forcing of, them, his, none of them can let off. It's, there's pressure all over. And these three guys are probably still like to win. I mean, it's. There's a long, long way to go. Ten seconds is the lead now. Yeah, it's coming down. If it comes down again the next lap, well, boy, we got a race. Not just for second. Oh man, <laughs> fighting for it. So see, they're not there the. Yeah, there it goes. Nice move. So this, they're not slowing each other down. Tiny bit right there, but they're not losing that much time to Roxon. Not as much as oh, they Justin's could. Justin's not letting this thing go. Ooh. <laughs> oh, wow. man. I guess Justin wanted second. That was pretty aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> what do you say? <laughs> what do you say? Uh, I don't blame that? him, but at the same time, it's... Um, That's another one of those things we talked yeah, about earlier. Now, he's he gonna, knows you won yep. all year. Definitely. Man, this is a really good rebound for Sexton. That could have easily just come apart and been like, oh, man, kind of a rookie thing. Yeah. But um, he's limiting the damage there. Like, he's, he gave it away. He gave the win away for sure. I don't think he can win from here at this, with this much time left. But, um, man, the podium is still within reach. He's definitely going to get AC. Well, here it goes. And he might be able to catch Webb depending on what happens here. Maybe not. But a fourth after what he did. Yeah. Great finish. So Roxon pulled it back out. Oh, Webb went by Barsha. And, but 
noticed they lost time, so something yep. must have happened. Yeah. Russia must have made a mistake. Yeah, they probably had to do a little, you know, jockey in to, to, for Webb to get that position and gave up a little bit of time. So let's see what Webb, who has run Roxon down before. I can think of three times. Yes, he has. I don't know if there's enough time with that gap, but he has done it. Roxon knows that. Webb knows that. I think if you're Cooper Webb, though, at the end of this night, if you go away with a second, you're happy. Because you know Kenny's history, and that is to just generally get a little bit slower as the season goes on or a little bit less effective for 20 laps. Yeah. So the, uh, the KTMs are good, it looks like. Oh, it looks like there's no issues with that yeah. new bike. Earlier in the day, he was way back in the timing and the heat race. It's okay, uh, but with the crash there. But now it's it seems like he's fine. Tomac is moving up a little bit, up to sixth. I mean, it's not awesome, but I guess it's better than tenth where he was. Anderson to eighth, Stewart ninth, AC's gone back to seventh. He's probably just running out of steam, not being able to ride as much as he would like. Yeah, Webb shaved off a little bit of time, but not enough. So Roxon's just probably in, in uh, dial it back a couple of notches and give up a chunk of time because he's got plenty to give. Yeah, Kenny historically is just so good at the opener, opening rounds of the season. Um, if I'm any of these other guys, I, I wouldn't be too panicked. Yeah, he really. got the whole shot. He got clean and he took off and he ran a you know a clean easy race. They're not all going to be that way. So, looking at the way that Ken got into that whoop section there, where they connect back in where the first turn that section, he really took his time. He is he is definitely in don't mess up mode. But he's so smooth. I mean, you watch him ride. He's really there's no mistakes. Like we've talked about technique and you watch his foot position and. His throttle control, he doesn't over-rev the bike, it doesn't override it. Yeah, it doesn't look special there, but he got that gap early. And all that all that monkey business going on behind him, that just that gave him the gap, that afforded him the ability to take his time like he is here. <clears throat> and Sexton can move up some more. Oh, he can get to fourth. Wow. Here he goes. Fourth. Unless Moosecan takes him down again here. I don't know. Marvin's had a rough night, but he's fifth wouldn't be bad. Oh, watch this. He's not done either, though. Oh, he lets him go. Yeah, I was just checking him. You know, it, I, did, I don't think he was planning on doing anything there, but if Sexton messed up at all, he would have. Some chatter about this being Marvin's last season. Considering the kind of night he's had and some of the scuffles and stuff, he's he's doing okay. I yeah, think that he, he had some bad luck for sure. I mean, the factory KTM guys with a brand new bike, they got all three of their guys in the top ten, so that's that's pretty good. I'll say this: if you're Alden Baker, you're you're a little bummed out tonight. Um, 
Yeah. All your guys are not, not in a great position at the moment. Five, seven, and nine at the moment. Yeah, can final lap just okay? Two, two, two. <laughs> really taking his time. Really, probably enjoying this too. I think historically, just over half half of the time that uh, the the rider that wins the opening round goes on to win the championship. They're, your odds are slightly in that favor. Yeah, it's subtle, but it's just so slight. For a while there, if you won the opener, you did win the championship. I mean, I was I was one of those guys in that long line. Yeah, good for Ken. I'll tell you, their bikes look good. They've definitely done their homework yep. there this year. Yeah, they'd, you'd have been pumped to have Sexton back there in second, but then again, as much of a team they are, this is an individual sport, so he's got a nice gap. So his plan, you know, take the summer off and get healthy and come back kicking. Stoked. Looks like it worked. Oh. Oh my gosh, right at the end. Who got it? Muskin got him back. What a finish. Wow. Great ride. So Rocks and Webb, Barsha, Muskin, Sexton, Tomac, Stewart, Savachi. That's a solid ride for Savachi. He kind of snuck in there. Yep. Eighth. Man, that's awesome for Ken. It, the gap I'm talking about that he has, not over Webb. I mean, that shoot, you figure Webb's going to be an issue. He's the defending champion. But Roxon got a good gap over Tomac and some of the other guys we thought might be in there for the, for the championship. Yeah, for sure. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention, I don't know if you caught this or not, but Ken's wife posted something on social media uh, that kind of stirred up a storm. It was like, I'm paraphrasing here, something to the effect of, I can't believe all the names I'm seeing on the vaccine passport list. Um, I hope you guys get so busted, the truth always comes out. So alluding to the fact that a lot of these riders submitted vaccine passports, who and they're fake, right? And, and we know a lot of these riders don't want to take that, but if you don't submit one, you're subject to a test at every round that you have to pay for, mm -hmm. which they can afford it, it's not a big deal. But yeah. if you test positive, you're out for the weekend. It's so such Ken is putting himself in a position by where I'm assuming he didn't turn in a Vax passport. He's going to test every week. If he tests positive, he can't race. Yeah, thought about that back when this stuff started. And <clears throat> can you imagine, you know, you got a guy that's won the first race, you know, gets third, second, second, wins another one. He's got a good gap. Oh, he tests positive. He can't race. That could happen. I don't even want to think about it, but you asked, so yeah, it's stupid. I don't, I don't, I can't stand it, and I don't know what to make of her, whatever she put out there. But um, it could happen. It could happen, and, and so you save her moments like that, regardless of that stuff. Anything else, you know, during the week, you, you jam something and you can't race. Anything can take them out, but that extra element, oh, what a, that's a bummer. It's a bummer, yeah. and, and the thing that that drives me nuts and I, I don't I don't want to politicize any of this but you can still get and spread COVID even if you're vaccinated so mm -hmm. they turn in this card whether it's real or it's not real and now they don't have to test but Ken does yeah I mean it's a 
it's a goofy system. Yeah. Well, it seems like the, he's like, um, it, this is my move, and then everybody else made their move. So it's like, ah. You know, it's like one time at LA, we had to just change the subject a tad, but it's similar. They had a race in, at the Coliseum where they wanted to make it exciting for the fans. So um, if you were in the top first and second place in your heat race, well, then you had to start in the second row for the main. You know, kind of mix it up a little bit. So um, I think Rick went out and he won his heat. And the second heat, the guys who were in first and second sandbagged. The yeah. next heat, the guys sandbagged. And then Rick's like, wait, I didn't, if I'd have known you were going to do that. So, you know, you, it's just. That was uh, the Rodeo Cup, right? Yeah. He went out and. Yeah. That was a good awesome. idea, except the riders, you know, as soon as you put something out there, people are going to take advantage of it. Mm -hmm. So uh, I can't imagine uh, this happening to Ken. I, I hope it doesn't. I, just just, leave I it really at that. hope it doesn't, too. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is other than. Yeah. You know, if you can't beat them, join them. Turn in right. one of those Vax cards and just go, here, I got vaccinated this yeah. week. Uh, well, it looks like, I mean, we are in for a real series because uh, there's some guys that didn't shine tonight that are going to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Let's see what Ken got, Ken's got to say here. Makes sense uh, the way he acted after that. He wrote over to his mechanic. He's just kind of in disbelief. Not like, well, I can't believe I won. Um, but I can't believe I won if from in another way. Like, man, I didn't expect it. December was crummy, and uh, you know maybe that was a good thing. Took a little bit of the pressure. He got the starts and he rode well. But you know, sometimes when you just like talked about it before the main, if you expect more, sometimes you ah, you push it too much yeah. and blow it. I wonder what he meant by a bad December. I wonder if he probably was just sick uh, the or... week wasn't. I mean, the, the month wasn't going good. There was holidays and rain, and you know maybe a practice crash or wasn't feeling like. Dang it! I should be in a, a better position and turning in better laps, feeling better. And um, he wasn't where he wanted to be, obviously. So the pressure was off.
of interesting to hear these guys that are like, uh, yeah, I struggled. I wasn't that happy with that, and that didn't go so good, and happy to be up, you know. Well, it's, That's, it's, look at how much talent is on that first page. Yeah. And the guys that got first and second are like, eh, didn't go good. <laughs> didn't feel that great. Ken with a big lead, I didn't know what to do. You I know? think it speaks to how, wow. how tricky that track got. Yeah. It was chewed up, the whoops were, were monsters. It was rutted. It was slick in spots. You know yeah. what I mean? You could tell all of them didn't feel great. Yeah, I mean, if so probably if they didn't feel great, then, you know, work your way back through the field. Yeah, right. Probably the one guy that, that uh, did feel pretty good, but just like, ah, I blew it a couple times, was Sexton. I mean, it looked like he just came in hot, was fast in practice, fast in the heat, fast in the main, just made a couple mistakes. But he's got to feel confident about where he finished the night. I would say he and Anderson both. Yeah. Definitely there for their riding. Yeah. No surprise here. but he's still up there. He's you know? still a good start yeah. for him. I'd like to see if he can, you know, he, he always wins the opener and then it seems like he kind of, not peters out, but he settles in and yeah. he'll sneak a podium here and there, but he's third, fourth, fifth, right? I'd like to see if he can kind of step up and get back up into the mix. So that just, it feels like he just did 25 push-ups as fast as you can, yeah. you know, to get away from that oh. one. Then he's a little bit, you know, kind of off his rhythm, goes down again. So now you're really thrashed. <laughs> Malcolm getting through there somehow. But, uh, yeah, there was a lot of stuff for Sexton to absorb and then kind of reset and get back up where he – I'm impressed. He, he really came am. back great from that, yeah. for sure. Let's see what he says here. He's able to smile. I think one thing I'm taking away from tonight is we're going to definitely see wins from Jason Anderson and Chase mm -hmm. Sexton. Those yeah. two guys were super fast. I think yeah. that uh, Tomac and Ferrandis are going to have to regroup. They, neither one yeah. of them looked great. No. And that's normal for Tomac. I'm not, I, would, I'm, I wouldn't panic for and him. And you know, I'm not shocked that Ferrandis didn't, didn't do well either. I mean, that's probably if you ask you know, 100 people, most of them are going to say, oh, I didn't expect Ferrandis to do that great anyway. But uh, I did. I thought he was going to be up there. I thought he'd do much better. Um, but, you know, these these things can flip-flop and go the other way next week and in the weeks to follow. So they definitely have their work cut out for them. And uh, Webb and Roxon are back up front and at each other. They got a history, and, and uh, it's going to be fun to watch. And I would say also good ride for Marvin. Probably a sneaky good ride 
Um, he did have some issues there. wasn't the greatest start. Still a solid fourth. So he's uh, he's going to be a player for sure. Sexton's going to be a player. Tomac's going to get in there. Interesting to see Malcolm Stewart go from being so fast in practice. Yeah. Like when we were watching him during the time oh, qualifying today, you it and was I were impressive. Both going, yeah. This guy's going to be a new Malcolm. And yep. That's not a great. Even for last year, that wouldn't have been a great ride for him. So he had a weird uh, dip in the heat race. He looked really good, and then what happened? And then he kind of regathered himself. That okay, he's fine. And then in the main. Um, similar things that have happened to him in the past. So, um, yeah, I was thinking he would do better than he did, but there's more races. Lots, lots to go. There, First time on a factory team like that, you know, and yeah. with Alden, maybe he came in with higher expectations and pushed it. Mm. So, see if he rebounds from uh, those decisions. I think, uh, and correct me if you think I'm wrong, but it's it's impossible to get to just look at this opening round and go, okay, so this is how it's going to be. No, it's going to it's it, going to. It takes shuffle. a while to really for everyone to fall into their position, wherever that's going to be. And, uh, but you definitely see who looked good and who doesn't. And fun night of racing. Yeah, I mean it's I mean to be there and uh, the you know going away shot with everybody with their lights and the, that's got to be a, a really cool feeling. Uh, for the fans to be back at Anaheim like that, like, look at this, man, it's packed and, and uh, pretty good racing. I mean, it wasn't like a, amazing, but there was a lot of excitement going on in that battle for second for a while and to have Sexton in there like that. And it's like, okay, I, he's going to win, like you said. And um, Webb's like, I'm, I'm going to win. Tomac, you know he's going to win. So yeah, it's coming. It's still, it's not like, well, okay, it was, it was pretty deep. And stacked as everyone's saying, and but it's you know it's really only three or four guys. There's still more than three or four guys that can win for sure. And another thing, you know, we we chatted earlier about racetracks how they've become so cookie cutter, and I want to see more technicality and have the, the, the track builders just throw in some odd obstacles to throw guys out of their rhythm. Yeah, I really like that that flat turn. Yeah, that was pretty cool. And the following turn into the whoops yeah. that that was just you could tell it was uncomfortable. And for that's those guys. that shows you, you know, like kind of the question that you posed with all that. Like, I wish they'd thrown something different. The That wasn't necessarily something so different, but did you see how quick they responded to, like, okay, we can't go wide anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll just go tight and figure out how to jump through there. And they just picked it up. All of them within, like, a lap or two, they all started doing that. So if you threw something weird at them, they'll adapt. They'll figure it out. Yeah. yeah. But that made for mistakes and good racing, yeah. and you know what I mean? It gave them a place to pass, whether they were coming into block or a guy could square it up and, and come down. Yeah. Um, I hope that they keep that up. Just yeah. just some different obstacles, bigger whoops, uh, because that was giving guys fits all night. Yep. Uh, and the speeds were low. Sexton went down probably as hard as you could go down on those whoops, and he bounced right up. Yeah. Uh, I, I've always thought, man, build the whoops big again, but just don't let them get a hit, head of steam into them. Yep. Build them right out of a turn. Yeah, that whole era when McGrath was winning, it, it seemed like the tracks were really technical, and things were super peaked. And the speed was a little bit lower. Mm-hmm. And if you messed up, it was kind of, you know, like Sexton could rebound from that. Um, and when you start speeding things up and everyone's going really fast and you go down, it's it's a mess. Yep. And so I'd pr- prefer to see more technical tracks from that aspect where the riders have to respect it a little bit more. And if you do make a mistake, it's not so bad. Yeah, hopefully that continues. But you know, they we're going to a stadiums here soon where the starting line is going to be, you know, football field yeah just ah, and and rhythm sections too so it's gonna they're gonna get everything but 
I like the way the track turned out tonight and uh, how they responded to it. It's fun to watch them figure out lines and see it, you know, like, oh, they're doing that now. Yeah. Lots of fun. Well, great racing. Uh, thanks to everybody who tuned in. We'll be back next week covering the Oakland round. So um, tune back in. Thanks for watching Saturday Night Live. For David Bailey and myself, thanks for joining. <laughs>